Warning, this video contains super awesome content not suitable for people who don't enjoy super awesomeness. Viewer discretion advised. Welcome to Viewer's Choice. Your selection is about to begin. But first, take a look at what else you can see this week. Hey dudes, inviting you to travel through time. First stop, a long layover at the video store. Bogus. Wait, you've got Viewer's Choice. Excellent! Hello, you rotten little bloodsuckers. America's most popular now. Get extra value. Twelve fifty cash back. Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. What? Well, it's like what it is. That's it. Life gives you lemons. Don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rule the day and thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons. This is my ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. This is the core. We broadcast our pirate signal back into the matrix. Welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar with your host, Ernesto Morado, the double-headed coin, and your co-host, Pablo Morado, the Thunderbolt. Together, we are the Pyramid Podcast. Power. And when Israelis unite, they're extremely powerful. So that's what Hamas is going to be up against, the united Israel over the next couple of months. And uh, I, I think when this is over, 
you'll have a similar outcome to ISIS where they will totally wipe out uh, you know, you'll be able to Google Hamas and it just won't exist anymore. It'll say something like a former terrorist organization. Hmm. And uh, the hopeful outcome that will come out of this. Welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar with your hosts, Ernesto and Pablo Morado. Welcome to the most banned podcast in the universe. Today, it's our special Friday the 13th episode. We got crazy stories about what's going on in Israel. We got crazy stories about what this day is all about. We got crazy stories about the paranormal phenomena. We got crazy stories about... Our favorite topic, the aliens and UFOs. We got a packed cast for you today of crazy stories on this crazy day of Friday the 13th. How's everyone doing today? What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? <laughs> uh, it's raining coins. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Friday the 13th episode. Uh, we're going to be on every Friday the 13th from now to eternity. So we're gonna today we got a packed show. That's right. We got a very, very packed show. Um, how's your week been? Very interesting. It's a very interesting week. It's a very um, scary week. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. You know, everybody knows everybody who just turns on the TV or the radio knows about what happened in Israel. And it's very sad. A lot of human lives have lost, are being lost over there. And um, I communicated with a dear friend who lives in Israel, and the story that she told me is horrifying. Well, let's uh, let's give a little moment of silence for all the lives lost, whether it be Palestinian or, or Israeli or Ukrainian or Taiwanese or Mexican or all around the world, Lebanese and, ever, and, and so on. All the loss of life, of crazy stupidity, of people killing each other, and um, and not only is it happening, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happening all over the world, but even in our own uh, home, the United States, killings are still happening. Um, the world seems to be in chaos. So this is a moment of silence for all the people that have succumbed to this violence worldwide. Um, let's pray for peace and happiness, and let's try to live in a world that there is not hate but love. And this moment of silence goes out to all our fallen heroes, all our fallen loved ones, and friends
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a really rough week. It's been tough. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, life moves on. Uh, I keep reminding myself that, you know, uh, no matter what point in history you go back to, the violence is still was always occurring. It's uh, no matter where you go, no matter what time period, there's never been a moment of absolute peace. Um, I do believe we are inching closer to a moment where we are united, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, there's always uh, violence going on, so it's hard to it's hard to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least we're not seeing uh, people getting crucified on the streets and. We're not, you know, going to watch people murder uh, each other in a, in a stadium for fun, or we're not, you know, eating dinner in front of people getting slaughtered like uh, Vlad the Impaler, or, you know, we're somehow finding a way to get better at it, but, or we're not, you know, rolling heads down pyramids or sacrificing thousands of people, or, I mean, I'm maybe some of that stuff is still going on, but... I feel like it's getting diminished. Um, I don't know. It seems to be like an uptick. As of 2023, you got the genocide happening in Sudan. You know, lots of people dying in Sudan. Um, what's that clicking I'm hearing? Not sure. Is that? I thought that was from you. Let me see. Hmm. Perhaps it was, uh, that's definitely coming from you. From what? Testing. It's not from this end. Is it this? Oh, oh hold on. It looks like, all right, let's see. Testing. What was it? Looks like you had your uh, laptop mic on, so it was uh, causing a little bit of interference. Oh, I didn't turn that on. But nonetheless, let's uh, let's move Technical along. Technical difficulties, folks. <laughs> this is Friday the 13th, the unluckiest day of the year. And uh, you want to kick it off with a little uh, explanation of what is Friday the 13th? Uh, well, before we uh, launch into a little clip um you have a clip of your own yeah i have i have i have a jam-packed show so okay from what i know let me just you know from what i know about the origins mm-hmm. of this friday the 13th um this stems back to the knights templars mm-hmm where the order of the Knights Templar, and for people that don't know who the Knights Templar were, they were an order of warrior monks that would uh, parade or um, survey the route from through Europe and the Middle East up to Jerusalem. And... They first started off as a very small order. 
and with the with the blessing of the of the pope but as time went on they grew in power and wealth now the legend goes as they got uh more as as they began to grow and grow in favor with the pope mm-hmm. they were able to dig at the base of temp of the solomon's temple now this is legend folks um there's no concrete evidence on this but supposedly they found something below solomon's temple which is now the temple mount the dome of the rock Mm -hmm. and ever since they ever since they made that discovery their wealth took off and it is said that the knights templars were the first bankers to introduce what we know as of today a check Mm. So you could you could deposit um your money in France and be somewhere like in Syria and withdraw your money. Mm. It was the first use of banking and checking and uh they began to grow in wealth they became very wealthy to the point that the king of France, King Philip, um, grew in debt to them. Mm. And in order for him to get out of debt, and a little backtrack, not only were these uh, Templars very... Um, wealthy they also were very astute in the art of fighting and it said that they the Templars were the equivalent of a tank today the Mm. way they were heavily armored and their fighting they were fierce warriors Mm. and they had, they attained a lot of power. So about 716 years ago, mm-hmm. on a Friday the 13th, uh, King Philip in cahoots with, with the Pope, because the Pope, you know, was involved, mm-hmm. concocted a plan to take away this power from the Knights Templar. They raided their their temple or, you know, their home base and accused them of heinous uh, heresy crimes. Mm. They said that they were worshiping uh, a goat head and they were doing a, a bunch of sex magic. It's something of the sort, mm. and Jacques de Molay was the leader of the Templars, was imprisoned, and all the Templars were jailed for about 
seven years. They were tortured until they got a confession out of them. And they agreed that they, yes, they, they were being heretics and they were worshiping a goat head or basically the devil. Mm. But uh, a note is that this confession came out of torture. Right. So they just confessed to get it over with. Right. And from their stems, the legend of the most unluckiest day, Friday the 13th. So let's see if uh, how uh, how accurate you are. Let's uh, I have here the History Channel. This is the disturbing history of Friday the 13th. It's a short clip and uh, it might be another synopsis of what you said and it might add a little bit more sauce. So let's see. Let's see how close you were. All right, let's do it. All right, here we go. To know why something happened. Uh, just give me one second. Put this up on screen. Uh, here we go. And this is History Channel, folks. So, you know, take it or leave it. If you believe it or not, you know, they're going. Because some people might not even trust History Channel at this point. But, well, you know, here we go. At least once a year, all around the world, it happens. From the moment the new day dawns to the twelfth chime of midnight, it is utterly unavoidable. No continent is safe. No country is spared. No city is immune. No matter where you are or what you're doing, there's no escaping Friday the 13th. Well, it's actually very interesting, the whole idea about Friday the 13th, the mysteriousness, the, the fear, the dread. There's a natural human desire to understand things, to know why something happened. And sometimes if the unexplainable happened, but there was a curse involved, you say, aha, I have the reason. We never know when they're going to turn out to be real, but we have to give all of them a fair shot and say, maybe. Believe it or not, there's some statistical evidence which suggests that more bad things happen on Friday the 13th than any other day of the year. But is Pause it really it. cursed? Mm. Is this my dude talking? William Shatner? Mm, not sure. Yeah, this is William Shatner. It doesn't uh, say that specifically. Yeah, I, I know that voice anywhere. <laughs> the voice of Captain Kirk. Continue. <laughs> and if so, how? Although it would seem that the public's awareness of Friday the 13th really came of age in modern times, as it turns out, the origin of this curse actually dates back to the 14th century. There you go. It goes back, in my opinion, to what happened to the Knights Templar. Pause it. So the A very uh, interesting note mm. about today. 716 years ago mm. to the date is when the Templars were jailed. Because mm. not only did it happen 
on Friday the 13th. It happened October, Friday the 13th. Wow, October 13th. Yes. Wow. So today is to the date, the anniversary of when this happened. Spooky day today, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Knights Templar were founded in the 12th century, and they were the world's first combination of warrior and monk. They were the guardians of a lot of the treasures of various kings and popes and monarchs. And because of their amazing reputation, they became known as the world's first international. Quick note, I didn't show you this video beforehand. This goes to show you that when we talk about stuff, it's not like we're pulling this shit out of the the air, you know. A lot of people or YouTube makes it seem like we're misinformation and we're pulling this out of our ass. No, no, no. This but is, you know, we, we, we have a reason why we say the things we say. <laughs> but, you know. But look, you, you know, you're right on point. You're right on in point. In all fairness, in all fairness, mm-hmm. this is my wheelhouse. This is your, but I understand that. But I'm saying when we, when you speak with confidence, right, it means that you have an idea, you, you really know about what you're speaking about. Despite whatever the algorithms claim to, mm. you know, because the, the algorithms make it seem like we're always talking nonsense, you know, but it's not the case, folks. It's not when the it, case. When it comes to the Templars and Rome, I'm your man. <laughs> to my wife's dismay. <laughs> she's like, what is it with you with Rome? Mm. And come to find out, that a large percentage of men, very fascinating statistic. Mm. I don't know if I brought this up on a, on, on a prior cast. No, I don't believe you have. But a large percentage of men, about 60 to 80% of men, mm-hmm. watch at least one program about Rome a week. Really? Yes. I'm a Rome junkie. Mm. I am a Rome junkie. But I'm I'm not so much into emperors. Kind of ironic, you know, being uh your government name and all. <laughs> ah, I know. Uh, very ironic. Which is why I guess why I'm such, you know, fascinated by the Roman Empire. Because of that. Mm. Because of my government, mm. um, I want I wanted to get into the psyche of what it is to be Roman. Mm. So, like the warlock asked me, uh, "Who is your favorite emperor?" And I told him, "I don't have a favorite emperor. What I do have are favorite generals, mm. like." Their maneuvers at, in war, like Scipio is one of my favorites. For people that don't know, Google Scipio, and that's another podcast. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, it's funny that you say that. I'm actually listening to uh, a book, uh, uh, The Journal of Marcus Aurelius. Ah, very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, he's and very, that, he's, you know, as... As brutal and as uh, Romans might have been, 
this this guy Marcus Aurelius is uh very philosophical. You know, he he he's ahead of his time for sure. Uh Marcus Aurelius is one of the main characters in the movie Gladiator. Mm. Yeah, I mean his life is I mean it's it's a fascinating story, it's a fascinating book. But uh yeah, let, let, let's get back to But just a quick little note about about the Romans, mm. right? These people, these Romans, a lot of them were batshit crazy. Mm. Do you ever wonder why? Because there were all the beer and stuff that they were drinking, diseases and ergot well, mushrooms you, growing on the beer. Well, and the you wheat. were you are on point. It has to do with the drink. Mm. The problem with with the Romans of that time, the the people who had it, such as the senators and uh, people of uh, of uh, how do I say this? Uh, people in the royal court of uh, uh, you know people of. Um, of the higher echelon, mm-hmm. right? Just wanted to show for those that might have been interested in the book. It's called Meditations. Ah, okay. So P- the opulent uh, a population of Rome, it was very fancy to drink out of these goblets mm-hmm. made out of gold, lead. Oh, it was lead. It was a lot of. Lead. Oh, I thought. I guess the reason I thought gold because of the the chalice. Um. Well, I presume maybe the emperor might have. Might oh, but the the normal the normal like the nobles, right? And every and even the emperor had his lead lead cup, mm. and lead was seeping into their system, mm. which made them. A little batshit crazy. Wow. And on top of all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you look. if you Diseases and ergot and and the wine and what they put into it and, and, and all had, the kukian and the, the and nuts. And they had venereal diseases as well. And so all I, sorts of things. I mean, the so, Roman times, I mean, Caligula, geez, that was, that was debauchery to the extreme. Uh, Caligula... Is a very interesting character, but this is about Friday the 13th. Yes, let's get back to it, all right? Here we go. So I am a Templar junkie. (laughs) National bankers. Friday the 13th was such a pivotal day in the life of the Knights Templar that it ended one chapter and began another. It literally was the day of the destruction of the order. And the Friday the 13th that was so critical to the Knights Templar happened on the 13th of October in 1307. The king of France needed money, but he owed money to everybody, including the Templars, and he decided the Knights Templar had money, he wanted it, so he attacked them. Everyone was arrested, people were thrown in jail. They were tortured, they were being killed. Then there were long trials. These trials were conducted by the Catholic Church, and it basically ended with the death of Jacques de Molay, the Grand Master. 
Jacques Dumoulin was a powerful, enigmatic figure. And so it was important for the church and the crown to execute him publicly, to show as an example. And when they were burning Jacques Dumoulin, Pause. fire was being... Now, we're going to tie this in. Not only are we tying this in to Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. but this ties into even what's going on with the thing in Israel. Mm. Why do I say that? Well, because you just said it. You know, the Knights Templar, they found something in the, the Temple Mount. They dug into under... No, what I, where I was headed with this is... Because that, that's the origin story of the Knights Templar, right? Yes, so, but what I was, where I was headed was that people tend to... Um, a lot of people are ignorant to the fact that, you know, some people say, wow, the Muslims are violent. Mm. You know, look what they're doing with Hamas and right. all this stuff and all the terrorism and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, us as Christians, we have our own history of violence. Yes, we do. The Inquisition, mm-hmm. what we did to the Templars. Right. Um, what... Oh, sorry, continue. What we did here in, in the witch trials. Yep. We killed Copernicus because he said the world revolved uh, the sun as mm-hmm. opposed to the sun revolved around us. Right. So heretics were killed. They were burned mm-hmm. at the stake. Supposedly the Pope knew about uh, what happened in the Holocaust and said nothing and did nothing. The Pope... At the time, supported Hitler. So there you go. So all and that ain't that long ago, folks. And all of these things that all this violence, it's it's ironic. It's all around religious fervor. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying before, you know, when I went into my Spanish monologue. Is that all religions, all monotheistic religions, mm-hmm. right, preach peace. You read the Quran, it preaches peace. Mm. You read the Torah, it preaches peace. You read the Bible, it preaches peace. But we as humans tend to, to bend the word to our favor. Mm-hmm. And it bastardizes the word to the point that we're in the mess that we're in today. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was looking into, you know, the whole conflict that goes, that's been going on for, for all of humanity, I guess, in the Middle East. You know, but now it's uh, currently it's been like the the Israelis and the Muslims and uh, um and the Christians, you know, that's all their holy land, and they're all battling each other. You know, this is their to claim their stake of the holy land, right? And it's funny, like when to hear the perspective of like the Jew or the Muslim of the Christian, like the uh, the Muslim perspective is that you know uh, that technically we're lying to ourselves and believing. That we're like worshiping one God and only one God because the way we broke it down to uh, the sun, 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Trinity. Right. They're like, that doesn't make sense. There's one God. Why are you worshiping three things when it's supposed to be one? And then it's like, no, it's not the Holy Spirit. And this is the Muslim perspective and the Jewish perspective, too. They're like, it ain't the Father, Son, or Holy. It's just the Father, and that's it. That's it. The 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 Jesus was a prophet in the in the Muslim uh, um, religion in the Jewish religion. He was again. He was a was a was he a prophet or what? Uh, no, he was a, a rabbi, right? In the Jewish religion, he was a rabbi in the Jewish religion. That- but both, you know, bring him down to man, not God, right? And then you have the the Muslim perspective is that this Holy Spirit thing is just another like the. The way I'm hearing it is like, basically, we're just, like you said, we're bending the rules to conform to what we really want. Yeah, we bend the word. Right. You know, we we make translations and we bend it to our perspective. Right. And what happens when you do that is exactly what's happening now right and it's this is nothing new right no no this is nothing new the the christians were brutal right i mean how many times didn't wasn't uh jerusalem in full blown war i mean the well i just think you know it, if the 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 what is it the uh, new, Knights Templars were new, brutal as well. Yeah, uh, the the law the uh, the the law of nature that every um, law of energy that uh, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You know, absolutely. Like this is not where the Christians were brutal because they were brutalized. The Jewish were brutal. Because they were brutalized, the Muslims are brutal because they've been brutalized, and you know, like the the more you, you know, the whole point of all three religions is to get you to be like, hello, it's supposed to be about love here. The more you hate each other, the more you're just gonna perpetuate the system of war and hate and anger and war, hate and anger. If you just give love, you break the cycle. That's what Jesus was trying to do. And I guess in his way, the prophet Muhammad, in his way, I mean, using, I guess, using war to bring peace. Uh, And the Jewish religion, again, you know, they're just trying to bring peace and love and all that other stuff. But somehow or another, they get back to the, the, the war and anger and everything. And it's just like, dude, if you just read what you supposedly are worshiping, it says it right there. I mean, the Muslims have no excuse. I mean, they do it. How many times do they pray a day? I mean, I mean, they, they pray every single day, multiple times a day in a specific way. And, and yet still like, I don't get it. I really don't. It's hard to understand. <laughs> but again, you know, they've been brutalized. So when you get in, you know, when you uh, people chuck you up like, you know, nothing and they, you know, they cut you up and well, they don't, don't you care about your ha- life, you, you end up getting mad. But don't you think it should have an opposite effect? Like where, like, like if I, if I get beat down, right? Mm-hmm. 
and I've been, you know, a victim of some kind of atrocity, I know what that feels like. Mm. So I, I wouldn't want to, to, to do that to somebody else. You would think, but I guess the mentality is it's you've been beat down and you've been like, after being, now that you have the power and you're like, yeah, I remember when you beat me down. I'm going to beat you down a little bit. How about them apples? And then we get, for whatever reason, we get into that mindset. When all we need to do is, yeah, like I do in traffic, ah, you know. You but, know, it, it's it's funny that you mentioned But that. it's hard to do that, especially, I mean, what's going on in Israel. I mean, the, I mean, it's horrific. I mean, babies are getting their heads chopped off and, you well, know, we will how get- can you just say, if after seeing your your baby getting your head chopped off and be like, I'm just going to double down and love you more, like the way Jesus would. I mean, unfortunately, that's how, that's the way of the, you but know. But you got to be very careful. How could you do that? It's hard. It's hard to do that. You got to be very careful because the most evil entity besides the Muslims, besides the Jews, be That's get it, get it, get it. What? 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 You're disrupting me. What do you guys want? What? <laughs> no, no. What? He said the most evil entity, and I'm sorry. I'm don't sorry, call Lucy. Him Lucy. <laughs> don't call him Lucy. He doesn't like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, again. <laughs> but again, like I said, um. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what we were, what we were discussing, uh, we were discussing about. Um, oh, that don't get it twisted. Mm. You know, yes, violence is happening on the Palestinian side. Unfortunately, violence is happening on the Israeli side because the oppression of the Palestinian people. Right. You know, let's not candy coat. That's what I'm saying. You know, like. There's a all tro- these there's an equal I, I, and ab- opposite but, reaction but to I'm everything. I'm going, that's going somewhere on. with this. There's atrocities happening on both sides, but I believe that there's a greater evil that's inhabiting the planet as a whole, mm-hmm. and that's this media. The media is brutal, and to mm. the point. That what you hear, or you hear, or babies' heads are being chopped off and all that. You got to be careful in believing that. Mm. Because CNN, CNN is an evil network. You know, for example, when this whole thing happened with Hamas on Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, they were showing footage of Buildings blowing up and smoke bellowing from the top of the building, right? Mm-hmm. That was all CGI. Oh, my God. That building wow. did get bombed, but they got there too late. So in order for an effect, 
they CGI'd this and made it seem that this was happening. Wow. You got to be careful with No, of course. The media. Of course. And you got to be careful with these reports of, of Hamas chopping babies' heads off because I've heard other reports that this might be a lie. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. So we got to... It's hard to stay balanced when when you see because you get angry, mm-hmm. you get upset, right? When you when these things happen and you react, you got you gotta slow it down. Well, for me, it was like, I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, I can understand you want to make a point, but killing a baby. Does not make a point. It's just brutal. Like, what is a, what kind of point does that make? Killing a baby. It's it's it's. There's some, no point in that. It, it's it's it shouldn't. Babies and innocent people should not should not be involved in this. Involved I mean, in this. what do they have anything to do with it? They yeah. don't. I mean, a, they have no control of the regime. They're yeah, just oppressed it, as anyone else, dude. Instead of you. Uh, killing I'm not a proponent for I mean that's like somebody come, uh, Trying to you know uh, Hurt us uh, as Americans Because of what Joe Biden has done Or whatever Like we have any choice of what Joe Biden does In the office So you know what I say Instead of you killing innocent people Go for Joe Biden <laughs> I mean get the guy that is actually doing if the thing got, If you got a problem Like <clears throat> Hamas has a problem with the government Right Right. Throw him in their cage with Benjamin Netanyahu And let him duke right. it out You know instead of hang gliding into a rave in the desert Where people are having a good time Right Hang glide what is where, Wherever BB Netanyahu is Right and whip his ass. <laughs> if you can. If you can, but <laughs> don't kill innocent people. Yeah. Don't don't and but again, let's continue this report with uh this this documentary with the Knights Templars. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Um being lit. He cursed Pope Clement and also King Philip <coughs> and said within this year you will die. And lo and behold, they did. What happened was within 33 days, the Pope died of a terrible illness. And all of a sudden it just seized him and killed him just like that suddenly. Seven months later, the King of France was on a hunting expedition, had a massive stroke, fell down dead on the ground right there. In the years since the Templars' eventual exile from Europe, there were many who began to believe that Jacques de Molay's death curse applied not only to his enemies, but also to the very day that spelled the beginning of the end for the Knights Templar, the day they were arrested, Friday the 13th. But is it really possible that a centuries-old curse still has the power to cause bad luck? After 700 years? So it's Jacques de Molay's curse. That's what Friday the 13th is. Yep. And it's fascinating, though. This whole superstition with Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. um, There was even a club, like 
a club of skeptics mm-hmm. that they embraced the number. It was called the thir- the thirteenth club. And I believe this was in the late eighteen hundreds to the early nineteen hundreds. Google the thir- the the thirteenth club. Okay. This happened in New York City. Mm. And, you know, because it's bad luck Mm -hmm. to have 13 people eating at a table. Mm. It is bad luck to live on the 13th floor. Mm. So these people embraced it. And it's kind of fascinating. You know, more to add to the legend of, of Friday the 13th. These people just went against the grain. Uh, let's see here. It says the 13th club is a secret society at the college of Willem and Mary founded in 1890 and noted for its philanthropic practices. Little information has been made public regarding the campus activities. In fact, the society maintains such a high level of secrecy that even members, wives and children are unaware of their, of their membership. Such was the case of Luis Kale, a director of Willem and Mary's historic campus, who's who only became aware of her father's membership after his death. Recent years, they allowed for outside communication through their campaign, Be Here Now. Although there are a number of other secret societies with the phrase 13 Club in their name, there is no known evidence connecting the groups. One such society is the 13 Club created in 1880 to debunk the superstition of the 13 at a table being unlucky. By 1887, the 13 Club was 400 strong, over time gaining five U.S. presidents as honorary members. Chester Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, William McKinley, and Theodore Roosevelt. In New York, at December 13, 1886, um, the meeting of the 13 Club, Robert Greene, Ing- Ingersoll, ended his toast, the superstitions of public men. So you see, hmm. they even they even had a 13th club. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, the number 13 is a very uh, interesting. And many and many buildings, many skyscrapers. When you look at the, when you get on the elevator, you see... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 16. Yep. <laughs> There's no thir- 13th floor. Yeah, they use that as a maintenance floor. But if I am correct, mm. the Empire State Building has a 13th floor. Mm. Yeah, I think they might have. They, I think they use the 13th floor as like maintenance for like servers or um, HVAC for for like the building, so it's like a it's a phantom floor. Like it's a floor for like all the services for the building, so that they can uh, avoid having a floor where people are on it. <laughs> exactly. But uh, let's go. Let's continue here. This legend around Jacques Dumoulin that he possessed some kind of extraordinary power. When it comes to the Knights Templar, one of the things that stand out is, of course, they were the guardians of the Temple of Jerusalem, and some people believe that they may have found some ancient artifacts there, possibly the Ark of the Covenant, so it came across some ancient knowledge 
that was sort of confiscated and held sacred from the general public. And so some people look on Jacques Dumoulin as some kind of a sorcerer in a way, where he had this ability to put a curse that actually really did come into fruition. I was right. Look who was the narrator. I knew that voice. <laughs> so for for contrast, if you go to the Trello, mm-hmm. right, and you go to our Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. and you go scroll down, uh, there's a quick little video. Why is Friday unlucky? All right, here we go. Hey there, I'm Lucko, and lucky for you, it's Thursday, which means we are answering one of your questions. This week, we're going to find out why Friday the 13th is unlucky. Let's do this. We're all familiar with the idea that Friday the 13th is bad luck. I mean, heck, even some hotels skip the 13th floor on the elevator buttons just for this reason. But why? The origin of this superstition is unclear, but the first noted references showed up around the mid-19th century. A U.S. Army captain named William Fowler founded the 13 Club, a group of 13 men in New York with an aim to prove superstitions false. They gathered for the first time on Friday the 13th, 1881, and their club activities included things like walking under ladders and breaking mirrors. Sign me up, because that sounds like fun. Donald Dossie, a folklore historian, suggests that the bad vibes associated with Friday the 13th have roots in ancient history. The number 13 has a shade of misfortune in Nordic mythology, as well as cultural and religious history. In numerology, the study of the symbolism of numbers, 12 stands for completeness, and the 13 is thought of as uh, odd or out of place. It's simply an uncomfortable number. The origins of the unluckiness of Friday as a day are a little bit fuzzier. The name Friday was chosen to honor the Norse goddess Frigg, aka Freya. She was the goddess of love, beauty, beauty, wisdom, war, death, and magic. This day was considered to be extremely unlucky for weddings, and later on, the Christian church attempted to demonize the goddess, which also may be a factor in that day's bad luck. With all of those factors added in, it's no wonder people think this day is unlucky. But don't worry, you're gonna be fine because you're amazing. How do you feel about this superstition? I personally would love to be a part of the 13 Club if they're looking for new members. As usual, I'll be answering a new question every Thursday, so ask anything you want to know in the comments or on Facebook and Twitter. That was a shorty. Yeah, and I have more. Um, it, you know, we uh, it's Friday the thirteenth, so yeah. we're gonna dive in for sure. But uh, before we uh, go any further, I wanted to play this clip, uh, bring this uh, to current day, because um, you know, there's been uh, like like we said, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in Israel, right? Um, uh, for those that may be unaware, I mean, I don't know if anyone's unaware about this now. But uh, you know Israel and Hamas and Palestine, and they're they're right now at at, at war with each other. Seems like, and uh, a lot of people are saying that Iran is involved, and Hezbollah is involved, and they're saying that um, that there's sleeper cells that are coming through the border, through the Darien Gap, of uh, Arabian descent, of Arabic descent, who are. Uh, Hezbollah and uh, you know ISIS and all these like radical terrorist group and Hamas. Um, now, one of the things that we've been uh, uh, dealing with is um, you know uh, the influx of migrants and where what are we going to do with these people? How are we going to take care of these people and, and so on and so forth? 
And uh, what happened in Palestine, which we mentioned before in the past, in the past, in, in an older episode, um, you know, <laughs> like we said, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Right. The the unfortunately, this is an unpopular uh, position, but this is the damn fact. You know, these the the Israeli people, unfortunately, their hands are not clean here. You know, they. They definitely caused this to happen by their actions um, because there could have been different ways that they could have approached this. But, you know, the way they're getting these Palestine, uh, Palestinian people out of their out of, uh, you know, Israel and pushing them further into the Gaza Strip and, you know, they're forcing them out of their homes at gunpoint, telling anybody with Jewish descent that these homes are yours and you have the right Within the Israel's uh, do- uh, doctrine. Okay, it- so before you continue, a lot of our listeners and a mm-hmm. lot of people in general mm-hmm. do not really know the history of that region because the turmoil of that region goes back to... All the way back to the early nineteen. I mean, this this region has been a. I mean, since the dawn of man. I mean, there's, there's been many. The con- cradle of life is in that there's area. Been many conflicts there, but the current situation, in my estimation, was created by the French and the English. Hmm. Now, on the Trello. But before we go into that, I just want to give little interesting things about today. Okay, but don't let me uh, lose my train of thought here because I had a I had I was leading up to something here. Okay, but go ahead. Little interesting thought. Today is the tenth month, right? Mm-hmm. Of the thirteenth day. Mm-hmm. You add those together, you get twenty three. Mm-hmm. So today is actually 2323. Followed by tomorrow, Saturday the 14th, Mm -hmm. we're going to have a solar eclipse and it's called the Ring of Fire. Mm, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So people in the Midwest are going to be able to see the Ring of Fire. And people on the east, we're going to see about 35% of the eclipse. The eclipse will happen about 12.30 to 1 p.m. And one further note is it is believed that this ring of fire, followed by October 13th, is a harbinger of things to, to come. come well yeah i mean every time uh, in the past if you look into the past people will look at the things that happen in the sky as a sign an omen a different uh things of something of things to come so yeah i i, I think that's uh and they for the most part they've been right um so i but, know you got i know you're about to mention something uh-huh but before you mention it uh-huh play this clip the first clip of the Friday the 13th on the Trello. <laughs> okay. So that people can understand 
Why is this conflict? And people don't understand the geography of Palestine and Israel. Okay. Uh, and this is this is a quick clip. It's going to show you quickly the history of that area. Okay. Well, what. this is about a 10-minute clip, and what I was going to play is like maybe maybe a, a, a minute long. So uh, I'll give This is a 10-minute clip? Yeah. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, play it, but I, I just wanted to just get this out there so that way we can, you know, that way we don't get sidetracked because... You know, I we just want to people to know. Go down rabbit holes here. I just want people to know the history of what's going on there before you start making assumptions about why these why there's this such turmoil. You know, a lot of people no, don't know the history. Well, yeah, of course. I, and and again, I'm not really making any uh, assumptions per se. I'm just going based on the no, facts. I'm not saying you. I'm saying people, and because I'm hearing. People are saying, oh, the Jews, you know, took over Palestine. And then I hear people saying the Palestinians are bad because they keep bombing the Jews. But they're saying all this without any knowledge of the geography, the history, and how it became that way. It's not only about... about religious fervor it's 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 deeper than that no no of course but again what i'm what i'm what i'm getting at is that again the statement every action has an equal and opposite reaction right and the the before the i mean granted you know the that's uh israel's uh homeland you know that's where the birth of their religion is and what all and all that. But before they even got there, that was all Palestinian land, right? That was all Palestine. Do you know, do you know who who made it no, Palestine? No, I, I understand that. I understand that. Who made it Palestine? It was uh, the British. No. No? No. Well, okay. Well, no, that being said, what I'm, I'm, I have. It was the Romans. Okay. The Romans took it over and renamed it Palestine. Oh, I see. Well, okay. uh, what what I'm getting at is that I understand that there's a long history in that region, but there's also lots of generations and people taking actions that, you know, they could have taken differently, have done different things, changed or broken the cycle. But then instead of breaking a cycle, they opt to continue the cycle and perpetuate further death and destruction. And what I'm saying here is that you know, as much as I, it, it's a quagmire, I mean, there's no winner or loser here. But, uh, you know, uh, Israel is not innocent completely because, again, what we have said before this whole thing happened many times on this cast before is that, you know, the Jewish people, what they do to Palestinians, they don't even regard them as human beings for crying out loud. They, 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 they're so quick to laugh at killing a, a Palestinian. They, they don't even look at them as people. But you cannot generalize it. You cannot. Say I mean, it. if you go to the, if you, you go can, to Israel, you cannot say all is all Jewish. All I Israelis. mean, it's it's a it's a, not all, but it's a, it was a it was a high majority. It's a high majority of people that think that way about the Palestinian people. 
It's just it's just how it is. I mean, I I don't want to be sounding uh, stereotypical or anything, but it's it's just how it is. That's that's what I mean. That's what everybody, including my brother-in-law, who's been there and seen things. I mean, I would go and and see it for myself if I could, but you know, unfortunately, I don't have the means or, or ability to do so. And I really think with my name, I might un- I might not ever come back, but um. You know, the- trust me, my father went there. My father did the whole gambit, and mm-hmm. my father went to the tunnels. Uh-huh. Are you aware they're tunnels, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My father went to the tunnels where these Palestinian people are at, mm-hmm. and he gave them uh, food. And these people are almost feral. They. My father's arm got all scratched up because these people were so hungry as he was handing the food through the tunnel. They were grasping at him so um, uh, violently violently that they even scratched up his arm. I mean, it would that's understandable. I mean, if you're that hungry, you, you're not there, you know. So what's going I get it. on in Israel is almost akin to apartheid right now what i'm what i'm trying to set up here is that what happened in uh specifically with the palestinian people is that israel uh people israelis what they would do is they would force palestinian people because it was they, they according to israeli law there was well within their rights to push a family and of a family of kids or whatever out of their home, kick them out at gunpoint, perfectly legal to do so if they're Palestinian, and kick them out and say, this is not your home no more. It belongs to me. Right? Right. So now the reason what I was that's what and I was trying to give them that power. That's a good question. Who who gave them that power? Because it seems the like you United know United Nations. Okay, so now the reason I mentioned that is because while that's happening over there in that region, something is happening right here, not in just like the land of America, but right here in our hometown, and this thing just kind of like went, whoop, or, or like I don't know how in the world this kind of flew by us without us mentioning this on the cast because this is a, an old story now it's two months ago that i that this story went on and i could only imagine where we are with at with this now um and the reason i mention this is because i feel like again if this is hezbollah and iran and hamas i think there's something going on here again every action has an equal and opposite reaction I think there's something going on here, and it might be and on, their another, way of uh, another revenge. Another thing that, that's going on in Palestine, and I don't know if people are aware, not only do you have Hamas, right? Mm. You also have Fatah. Mm. Hamas reigns supreme in the Gaza Strip. Mm. Fatah gains, uh, um, reigns supreme in the West Bank. So, Fatah was created 
I know this is going to sound bad, but we created Fatah, the United States, to combat Hamas. Mm. So, again, another case of the United States in conjunction with the imperialist of the English where we 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 took over where the English left off. Mm. So even our hands aren't clean either. No, nobody I mean not our hands, but the United the our government's hands. Our, well, we're part of it. We're Americans, you know? Yeah, I mean, how much are we really part of it? I mean, we were born here. I mean, this is not something that yeah, we, we have much control we, over. We have no control over it. As much as we're trying to get control over it. But unfortunately, as you can see what happened in 2020 when a bunch of people said, no, I don't agree with what you, what you claim to be our president. And they're like, the hell with what you had to say. This is what it is. And that's that. So really, our government represents us some people, but not everybody. And you know? another misnomer that seems to like have some kind of popularity amongst the masses is that before Israel got there, before Israel became uh, a state and a country, mm-hmm. right, that Palestine was this barren piece of land like palestine was a place without a people Mm -hmm. it's not the case palestine has a rich history with its people and they were thriving there's a lot of uh there was a lot of industry in palestine before the the israel the jewish people uh were given that land so there's a misnomer like Oh yeah, now they're upset because the 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 Jews did something with that land when they couldn't. Mm. No, no, no. Palestinian people were thriving in Palestine before the Jewish people got there. Mm. So, imagine if they were thriving before the Jewish people got there, right? Imagine what would happen to America, the rabidness of people here. When they have the same oppression applied to them, I mean, it, uh, any any human being, you know, will get to a feral point if they're being starved to death. You know, uh, you know, we did the same thing here. We came here. We said this is ours. Yeah, the indigenous people here were here much longer. I mean, we're, I mean. And we just took them over. We killed their people almost to extinction. And then, just like the Again, U- you're saying, you're saying a lot of we, but I think the people that were killed was a lot of us. <laughs> we were the ones getting killed. Our, our ancestors were the real yeah, ones getting well, killed. Yeah, well, I say we because. It was our government. We are American. Yeah, you know? we are American. It was our it's government. Like, it's like when you're at the job, you're like we. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but we're you, part of this. We're part of the team. Yes, I agree. But so the thing is, is like we again, did it's the just same thing to the Indians as the Jewish people. Well, let me rephrase that because it was not only the Jews; it was the UN 
after the fall of the English Empire, who went bankrupt and mm-hmm. couldn't support that area no more, right. gave it to the UN and said, they like Punch's pilot. Wash my hands of mm-hmm. you. Take, you do what you want with this. And they designated areas for the Jews and designated areas for the Palestinians. The Palestinians, as to follow up the analogy, are like the Indians in reservations. Right. But let's get to where you want to go. <laughs> yeah, we, we meandered around and meandered around. So, again, to set up this clip, my, my, uh, my reason for bringing this clip is because I believe every action has an equal and opposite reaction. There's a lot of people that believe that Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, and all these um, Muslim radical groups are coming through the Darien Gap into the United States. We are being overrun by um, by uh, uh, my uh, uh, illegal migrants coming into the United States, and we don't really know what to do with them. And what happened in Israel? What I see, what I know, what what I researched, and what other people have said, claimed to have been, you know, true over there in um, Israel, is again that people were pushing Palestinians out of their home at gunpoint. They didn't have any rhyme or reason to do so. They were just, you know, kicking people out because they saw it as an opportunity to finally have a home. And, you know, they did it. Um, you know, it it's horrible that they did that. We said that before on this cast. You know, it's, it's not, we don't condone that. And, you know, it, there might have been a better way to conduct this. There might have been a better way to to work something out or do something, whatever, but whatever happened, happened. And um, I think we're going to see, you know, the, the reaction, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. I'm seeing, I think we're seeing now the opposite reaction, and I think they're going to be retaliating. The UN, what they did, that's like if I go out, right, and I buy a T-bone steak, uh-huh. a delicious marbled t-bone steak uh-huh and then i cut out all the meat and give you the bone right it's exactly what the u.n did right and then and then no offense to our to our israelis but dude you were not happy with the meat and you wanted everything you started taking the bits of the bone right that you gave the Palestinians. Right. So, you, you know, know. You can't cover the finger with it. You can't exactly. cover the sun with a finger. Exactly. Well, let's so get to he, this report. Here let's we see go. what is it, what you're talking All about. All right. Here we go. Has declared a state of emergency over the migrant Maura Healy has declared a state of emergency over the migrant housing crisis. She says the number of families living in shelters is surging. Chris Tanaka is live in the Satellite Center tonight. And Chris, by making this emergency declaration, the governor is asking for the federal government's help. Yeah, Lisa, you are correct. And this really does represent the confluence of two emerging crises. One, the migrants flooding into the state, but also the limited supply of affordable housing that's already being stressed. As of today, close to 5,600 families with children are living in state-funded shelters, hotels, dorms, and other emergency facilities across Massachusetts. The governor laying it all out Tuesday, 
some 20,000 people in temporary housing in Massachusetts, representing an 80% increase in just one year, and that the state can't handle them by itself. And critically, I am delivering an urgent and formal appeal to the federal government for intervention and action. With the emergency Pause. declaration, the government... I see this every day. Mm. Every day. But we're in a we're in a declared state of emergency. I pick up people, families, mm-hmm. and when I think I'm taking them to a home, I take them to a hotel. Mm. A lot of families are living in hotels. Wow, a lot. Well, check this out. This report gets even uh, more. Dicey. So check people this out. don't understand. People live in hotels. They do now. Migrants, especially. So check this out. Governor hopes to tap into federal funds, but also to expedite work authorizations for migrants. And we could frankly use their help at this time. Our state, as so many states are, is encountering significant labor shortages. Massachusetts is the only state in the country with a right to shelter law. It guarantees emergency housing for homeless families that meet certain criteria. For now, there's no talk of suspending the law, as Healy called upon businesses, organizations, and entire communities to help in the fight. We are going to keep doing everything that we can to help families in need. Now, New York City oh, they did, right didn't they not play what she had to say? And Mayor oh, Aaron ah, Aaron they didn't play it. it. Okay, hold on. They didn't play it. One second. Because she has, they, they skipped over the most important juicy part of the whole damn thing. Wow. Okay, here we go. I'm going to play this one. I was waiting for the. Here's the kicker. Here it is right here. Meanwhile, over in Massachusetts, Governor Maura Healey declaring a state of emergency due to emergency shelters there reaching capacity with migrants. Officials say there are almost 5,600 families and over 20,000 individuals in Bay State shelters. This is 80% higher than this time last year. Governor Healey's administration is now asking Massachusetts residents to help with the crisis. If you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Workers Center for more information on how you can step up if you're willing to have an additional family be part of your family. In the governor's letter to the federal government on Tuesday, she stated that the crisis is currently costing the state of Massachusetts $45 million per month on programs to assist the families. So what she's saying here, she's calling on everybody in Massachusetts who has extra space. Now, right now it's on a volunteer basis, but they're they're considering it to be on a more mandatory basis depending on on the influx of migrants. And meaning that if you got the space, you got to have to hold somebody. Everybody got to do their part. And I think that this is, how crazy would it be? What a crazy plan that you as a Hezbollah and like you felt like you've been kicked out of your home in Israel because of the United States. Well, you know what? 
I'm going to go to your land and kick you out of your home. Because I fear, I, fe- I fear and I feel that you might be hearing some stories in the future of these migrant uh, people living with uh, families that open up their homes to them and doing what, like, the Palestinians did to your father. You know, like, in an attempt of helping, he got hurt in the process. Right. And I think this was coming. This is the next shoe to drop as the as the date. And, and a lot of people were thinking that today that they were going to actually pop off and do something today of all days, Friday the 13th, because they, they had some plans in the books and they were working on something. And it seems like today was one of their uh, projected now, days that they were looking you, for. Who are you talking about? You're talking about Hamas? Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS. Well, today is the beginning because they, they declared uh, a jihad. Right. So, so that's now, what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I don't know. From that declaration on, it's no holes. But were you aware of that? Did you, did, were you aware that the, our Massachusetts state governor has declared a state of, uh, of emergency and it's asking for residents and business owners and anybody and everybody to take in migrants into their home? Were you aware of that? I wasn't aware that this was in because Massachusetts is not the only people doing that. No, but I I wasn't aware that it was here. But this is an older story. This is two months ago. This was not even happening while this while this whole Hamas. I'm just saying, and they're saying that this is costing forty five million dollars a month, right? mm Hmm. Give me. Give me those $45 million, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a statement that I'm going to make to the state of Massachusetts. Give me the $45 million. Mm -hmm. I'll take $10 million of those $45 million. Mm -hmm. And and within, within two, three months, I have copious amounts. Of places where they can go. Mm. It's a lot of abandoned stuff around here. All it needs, it's an injection of a hundred to hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> but they won't do that. They're not gonna because they want to pad I'll, their pocket. And I'll save them money. Right. I'll, you know how many multifamily homes, how many buildings I've seen there's a warehouse not too far away from here mm. that can house not only 200 families, there's, there's a complex that I believe you could fit at least 250, 300 families. $45 million can go a long way. Revamp these places. Put them in there. Put them in there. Mm. And $45 million a month, 45 times 12? Come on now. Yeah. Come on. So then I linked that, and the reason I uh, uh, I I have my opinions is because one of the one of our um, guys that we refer to, one of the reporters that we refer to, uh, the experts that we look to, and uh, that's been giving us some good information is Mister the the Economic Ninja, and um, check out what he has to say about this current crisis. This is a long clip, but I'm going to give you just a little snippet uh, about 
uh, what Mr. The, the Economic Ninja wants to, uh, has to say about this oncoming crisis. And it's, I don't know, this is, this is uh, pretty scary. I don't, I don't know what to, to think about all this. I mean, if, I mean, I've been worried, I've been consistently worried about the, you know, about invasion in America and everyone's like, ha that's not going to happen here. That's not going to happen here. You know, you're crazy. If some, if a, who's going to pick a fight with America and we got nuclear bombs and stuff like that. I don't know. We got nuclear bombs, but terrorists were able to hit two planes into the twin towers and the Pentagon. And we didn't use not a single nuclear bomb for nothing, for nobody and nothing, you know? So, I don't think we're planning on using nuclear bombs anytime soon. I, I I don't know what 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 would break that threshold, but I don't want to find out. I just fear that we're so unprepared that we're so in our own world. America is so in its own mind about this uh, about life, really, and as a whole, that you know they don't realize that people are. We've done a, I mean, our government, again, I go back to the government because we really didn't do any of the stuff to the government. We didn't, we didn't have any say about what the government does, but the government has created a lot of enemies for us. And I'm a little worried about how this is going to go. Do you have any uh, input on that? Uh, I want to see what the economic ninja has to say. All right, here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Leave it this clip here. Because I just seen this clip on Twitter and it's moving fast. It's about the oil market. Oh no, no. This is the oil. This is the oil market. Hold on. There's something else. Another thing that he's thinking, because uh what's in that region? <laughs> so prepare yourselves because it might it might affect the gas uh prices of things well um, there's a major major uh area there the suez canal mm. if they close that down we are in trouble because hmm. that's the major port where we 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 ship the oil through mm, through the suez canal yeah that's what it's called yes Huh. Well, again, I, I'm not sure, but th- I mean, real quick, since we mentioned the Suez Canal, people might not know what that is. So let's see if I can get. Uh, well, as you're looking that up, I'm going to play the Economic Ninja so you can see what what I'm talking about here. All right. Hey, everybody! Economic Ninja here. I hope you're doing well. We are not doing well as a country. There is a massive trap that has been set. I'm going to talk about that right now. And honestly, I don't know which angle to hit it from because what's happened over the last couple of weeks to this channel, ever since I talked about, you know, the, (coughs) and the, uh, the skirt, the, the war that's going on on the other side of the world right now. If you only knew what we are allowed to talk about and what we are not, it is insane. I'm going to share with you a plan that I was made aware of about 12 years ago, an evil plan 
to destroy our country and to take down the world's economies. This is a demonic plan, and it's playing out right now. And I want to say thank you to Kaylee, Carly, Carly, sorry, for sharing with me this. Uh, and I'm going to play this really quick, and then I want you to... Um, I'm going to explain it, okay? Tom, please consider hosting a family. Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Worker Center for more information on how you can step up if you're willing to have an additional family be part of your family. If you're a local official, a college president, a business owner, or a faith leader with an available building or space in your community, please work with us to offer it as a shelter site. If you're a social service provider, please consider becoming an emergency assistance homeless shelter provider. Our resources are stretched thin there as well. If you're a hotel or a motel owner, consider opening it up for emergency assistance. If you're a landlord or a property... Okay, this is what I need to explain. 10, 12 years ago, I was shown a plan to stretch our nation to its core. Um, and then an attack was going to happen. Now, I want to make this very clear. The reason why I have been talking about why it's important for you to grow wealth and gain wealth and why it's important to learn about tithing so that money has no hold over you is because it is exactly what Satan is using to destroy our country. And there are people that work in our country, that live in our country, that have been born in our country that are not for our country. And right now, we have multiple wars going on. There is still the China-Taiwan threat, which is going to stretch our country thin. This is exactly what happened with Great Britain right before they were attacked and they were stretched thin and they had to pull their army back. This has happened throughout the centuries for other world leaders, for uh, countries that were the head of the world. And that is a plan that is very old. Now, this story that you just heard was Governor Haley out of Massachusetts asking residents to house families. And you know, I can't even say that word right now. Amid a growing crisis. Excuse me. We have a massive crisis right now where we are, we are being infiltrated by fighting aged men all over our country. It is going to strap two things, our ability to defend ourselves and our ability to continue economically. This is a plan. This is a plan that has been set up by world leaders around the world that are globalists and they want to hurt us. I am going to ask humbly that you please share this video. You can see my eyes are spinning right now because I'm trying to figure out how to word this to where this kind of truth gets out to the massive. So I need your help to share it. And the easiest way, go onto Facebook groups and join a group and share it. Uh, Twitter, X, I've got my X uh, profile if you don't mind following me there. Um, okay, right now this governor and it's not just here, you're already seeing, and I believe you're gonna see New York City burn down. I believe it's gonna happen in 2024. There's a prophecy about New York City on fire, just thousands of fires around the city. We're already starting to see massive uprising because of the amount of people 
that they do not want there. This is happening in other countries. I just got back from Dallas and our hotels were completely overrun with people that the government is paying the hotel more money to house. This is bad. And I was talking with an employee there and they said they essentially keep them everyone in their rooms. You don't even know it. They'll say the hotel is completely booked. There's no cars outside. We went to four hotels in the Florida area and in uh, the Texas area over the last week. And because we were traveling a lot and every hotel same thing, we are completely booked. I'm like, there's no cars here. What are you talking about? And then the type of, I'm telling you right now, there is an attack coming on our country. And right now we have what, two carrier groups out towards what's happening over in the East. And there's a reason for it. I believe over the next few months that we are about to experience a massive economic attack. And if you are not ready, the plan is, and I do know this, and this is why I started the channel, was to save people from committing suicide during an economic collapse and to warn you to hold on to the wealth of this nation. If we lose the wealth of this nation, if we lose the middle class, we will all become peasant slaves, serfs, whatever you want to call it. This is not a joke. And we have to be ready for this. What do you think about this? It's alarming. Because he's saying, what he's saying is that, you know, uh, Governor Haley, you know, she's saying, uh, asking everybody to house families. And you are saying that there are families. But he's saying... What they're saying is, quote-unquote, families are really fighting-age men banded together because they're, you know, they're not really family, per se. There's no uh, bloodline between them two. They're just, you know, claiming that they're family when they get here. But in reality, they have ulterior motives. And with this, with this new... The same thing that the the same thing the governor of L, of California they said the same thing. If you have uh, spare room, blah 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 blah. So blah. it's happening. It's popping up more and more and more and yeah, more. Yeah, because Joe Biden is letting all these people coming in, and we do not know where to put them. Right. So there's a problem. There's a huge problem. There is. So I don't know how this is going to go through, but again, I just feel like with this whole, uh, you know, uh, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. How the how the maybe United States, UN, and, and Israel treated Hamas or treated Palestine. Um, the reason I think there's a lot of Taliban is because of how we treated the region in the beginning. You know, this is why they hate us. Why else would uh, Osama bin Laden really uh, take up arms to fight the United States if there wasn't something we did to, to really hurt them? I mean, it, it wouldn't make any sense, right? So, you know, we have a lot of things that we've done that people want uh, retaliation for. And unfortunately, trying to get somebody away from revenge 
Revenge is one of the things that humanity seems to enjoy the most. All our movies and stories and all these things. Revenge is the highest, you know, like Taken. How many Taken movies are there? Or even the, uh, like, The Sound of Freedom is a kind of like a revenge movie and a grow. There's a lot of revenge movies. You know, there's a lot of movies about revenge. And, uh, you know, revenge is something that, unfortunately, does not do us any good. Revenge is never uh, any good. And uh, what this guy is saying is a little concerning. You know, because there are a lot of um, men coming through the Darien Gap right up to the border and coming in. Mm -hmm. I said before, a lot of Chinese men of fighting age, all of them with the same tattoos, which is kind of weird. Right. A lot of uh, um, people from the Middle Eastern region coming through, Mm -hmm. you know, and... uh, how do you vet so many people? That's a good question. And even if you, I mean, even if you could do it, like, even if it was, like, a handful of people. I mean, this is something, like, out of the page of Homeland, that, that series. Right. I mean, like, even if it's 100 people, how can you really determine their their, reason, their rationale or their, their reasoning for coming here? It's, it's kind of, so I mean, you bad. could say it, you could, you, but you could say one thing, but in a day lie, everybody lies. Like how says everybody lies. It's so bad that Joe Biden said, "Well, we we got to rebuild, we got the wall, the wall." Yeah, but, so, uh, but before we're getting, we we're, digress, yeah, we're uh, getting. Uh, well, well, I was gonna say, let's take a quick break because it's uh, we're one uh, one hour and thirty four minutes into the cast and. Uh, I think it's time for a nice little refresher. So you want to take a quick break? Sure. Go ahead. All right. The worst health crisis we're facing in more than a century. Don't tell your supporters. Don't be afraid of COVID. Everyone should be afraid of COVID.
This moment of peace was brought to you by Paramount Supplements. Come back to your peace, one vitamin at a time, using nature's most powerful ingredients like mushrooms found here in the Amazon. Welcome to the AMPM Game Show where Pablo and Ernesto Morado attempt to determine what is going on in a video found online. Using only their ears and their third eye, the host will make a guess on what is going on. If the host gets guesses correctly they receive $20,000 of a fiat currency that no longer exists. So what do you say folks, shall we play a game? Let's do it! Alright folks. And as you know, this is the Friday the 13th cast, so we got some Friday the 13th themed AM, PM game show uh, clips. So, you want to go first or shall I? Uh, sure, I'll go first. Let's see what I have in my Trello. Let's see. Let's see. You have any hollow, uh, uh, Friday the 13th themed? I think I might have some goodies in here. Let's see if I can find my Pablo. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Let's see what I can <laughs> You got nothing uh, in the in the chamber? Because I got a few here. I'll, I'll start you I off. Got, I, got, I got one. Ready? All right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Here we go. Now, put your thinking cap, theater of the mind. All right. And this is something that you will never, I'll give you a hint, you will never want your significant other to catch you with. Hmm. All right? All right. And tell me, what do you think he's doing? Hmm. As we load up over here. <laughs> Please, folks, uh, uh, participate if you here we go here oh. we go what do you think that was i don't know play it again okay let's see and play along with us folks uh we're giving away a free bottle of any one of our supplements on paramintsup.com or any one of our swag on theparamidshop.com. Feel free to let us know what you're looking for, but in order to get what you want, you have to make a, a guess of what's going on in this clip. Yes, yes. So guess along here with us, folks. We're trying to provide value to you, so if you can just write in what you think this clip is about, and you're correct, you're going to get yourself a free item, a free gift from both of us. All right, so you ready? Yes. What could this guy be doing? Mm. What is he doing? Mm, I don't know, jumping on the bed to try to do, like, hammering a nail or something? I don't know. 
You want to hear it just one more time? Yeah, one more time. I'm hearing ding. And then it seems like you don't want your wife catch you doing What is he messing with the washer or dryer or something? Hmm. What's that? It's a metal sound. Okay. Is hmm. that your final answer? Hmm. Hold on. Play it one more time for me. Last time. Yeah, it sounds like water. Something about with the washer and dryer. He's like messing uh messing with the washer and dryer somehow. In a way that it's not meant to be used. Is that your final answer? Uh, yes, I believe that's my final answer. Mm-hmm. All uh, right. He is uh, cr- uh, doing something with a washer and dryer that isn't what it's intended for. <laughs> All right. So if you go to your Trello, okay, you there's a um a little um, icon that says, "How can I make my girlfriend believe?" That I am not watching porno. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. And for those of you that are hearing me cough, I'm a bit under the weather, but I am a trooper, so I keep going, I keep fighting. Nothing can take me down. Here we go. Where is it? All the way at the bottom? You'll see it said, How can I make my God! Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I am not watching porno. All right, it's loading up here. I knew it. It was washer and dryer. You were trying to throw me off with the. <laughs> but it was used the way it was supposed to, so I guess I got a. You got a bit of both. <laughs> you were really trying to throw me off there. <laughs> uh, it, I asked you, was that your final answer? Yes, you did. But you were like, you don't want to catch your wife doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want your wife catching you doing laundry. Laundry? Why not? Because then she's going to get used to you doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And what now if- you're going to be the laundry man. The, the trick of all trick questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you think is happening in this clip here? Uh, Put this up. What's uh, happening in this clip here? I don't here? know. Play it again. Play it again. All right. I'll play it from the top here. Hold on. All right. Here we go. <laughs> My God. Um, 
You want it one more time? One Here. more time. Okay, I'll take a stab at it. I have no idea what that might be, but it seems they're doing something to this guy or this person. Mm. Maybe he is getting um, a wax. Like, maybe they're waxing his hairs, and every time they fully, you know, the wax, mm. he's in pain. Ah, ah. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yes, because that's the only... Or or plucking hairs, or they're doing something to him. (laughs) You want to hear it one more time? Okay, I'll give it. Give me one more time. (laughs) All right, hold on. Let me uh, let it uh, go through here. Hold on. on, Let me just play it from the top. (laughs) And again, you can play it along with us, folks. Please just put it in a comment, and you can get yourself a free gift from one of us. All right, here we go. Oh. <laughs> okay, so either they're doing something to this guy or he is seeing something that is scaring the daylights out of him. <laughs> Maybe it's one of these elevator pranks where they get in the elevator and and the guy's like, you know. (laughs) Okay. So what do you think is your final answer? I'm going to go for the elevator prank. Elevator prank. Yeah. You sure? Yes. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Here we go. Anyone else want to make any guesses? Nothing Speak now or forever hold your peace. I'm, I'm not seeing anything here. All right. All right, here we go. I'm going into the AM PM clip for Pablo. I mean, for Pablo, for Ernesto. I pulled an Ernesto on on myself. (laughs) Here we go. Top of mind. (laughs) Here we go. Ready? I'm ready. All right. For theater of the mind, what is going on in this clip? This guy is listening to this horrifying noise as he goes into his living room to find his son with a microphone making noises. <laughs> All right, you got me. You got me. And the caption says, "My soul almost left my body." Baby Lucky, he ain't get punted through that window. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, you got uh <laughs> All right. So now, uh, it's my turn for my second. Okay. My second pick. All right, are you ready? Yes, I am. Play me some of that 
music, that waiting music, that. <laughs> you mean this one? There we go. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Play along with us, folks. Play along. Is that? Well, it's definitely an animal. Okay. What animal? I'm not sure. Play one more time. You're on the you you're on the right track. time i'm trying to decipher whether or not it's a person imitating a call like a hunter trying to imitate a call or is this an animal uh calling to its uh tribe okay so let's see This is some kind of dog, some kind of like, uh, yeah, some kind of dog, coyote uh, type of animal. Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yes, that's my final answer. All right, so let's go to the Trello. Okay. And right where it says the worst sound. The worst sound. Oh, okay, here we go. Alright, here we go. Damn. <laughs> I had a feeling too. Type wow! Well, I was I was pretty darn close. Yeah, you were. I was I was you on were. I was on that uh, 
that uh, vibe, but unfortunately, I get myself uh because I went with very, the wrong. Yeah, I went with the wrong answer. <laughs> I, I was trying to really determine. I knew you were gonna stump me with that one. <laughs> that All was right. that, that was pretty cool though. How he can make that? Yeah, noise. it was. All right, I got one for you now. Uh, I really doubt you're gonna get this one. This one's gonna be a hard one. But I'll give you some clues, all right? All right. So, here you go. Uh, oh, they put... I think this is a person playing a violin. Yeah, see, no, this is, no, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, they, they put music over it. It wasn't supposed to be with uh, music. Uh, why did they do that? I don't know why they did that. Because it had, um, it had all the, the sounds in it. Let me see if I could uh, get the sounds back. But they put music over it. Well, the caption says, how to save money in 2023. Mm. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm going to have to just give you this one because you don't you don't have a, anything to to hold on to. So I'm going to give you this one as a buy. And okay. I got another one right behind it. All right? OK, OK. All right. So unfortunately, they just put music over this one. So kind of ruined the whole idea of theater of the mind. But this is how to save for a house in 2023. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right. Explain. No, I'm going to give you a buy. I'm going to give it to you. So give the people that are just listening, explain to them what is happening here. God just wait a minute. That is disgusting. <laughs> that is disgusting. We're theater of the mind. What is this guy doing? This guy is eating corn. <laughs> then he puts a strainer in the toilet bowl. Shits out the corn. Cleans it and re-eats it again. You friggin' pig. How to save for a house in 2023. Oh my god, you could perpetually eat this forever. That is gross. <laughs> He just rinses him out. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, it would have been better with the sound effects. Oh Christ Almighty! <laughs> so you don't have a yeah? I have a backup one. So okay. this one's more Friday the Thirteenth theme. Okay. All right. All right. So tell me what's going on in this clip. 
The one clue I'll give you is that I there's mean, but nobody. That's not, but that's not fair. All I'm <laughs> listening is to a soundtrack. Okay, but uh, I'm going to give you some clues. I'm going to give you some clues here. So you're listening to a soundtrack, but there's a lot of clues in the soundtrack. Okay? There's a lot of okay. clues of what's actually happening here. Um, and I'll give you a, a, a hint. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's not anyone playing any music. It's not, uh, but it, it is uh, some, there's a person doing stuff in this clip. What might he be doing? And now, again, the, the, the music definitely gives it, it's a dead giveaway. All okay? right. Play it again. Somebody's doing something in this clip. He's not playing any instruments or anything. Right there is your biggest clue. Somebody's doing something in this clip. What is he doing? The music is a dead giveaway. What is he doing? My God, the music is a dead giveaway. Yeah. It's the biggest clue you got is the is is the music. It's really just giving it to you. I mean, for the most part, you don't have to give it a full detail, but what is this guy doing? There's a guy doing something in this clip. What is he doing? I'll take a stab at it. A guy is actually playing the violin going. Okay. The one clue I gave you is that nobody's playing any instruments. Oh, okay. Nobody's playing instruments, but he's doing something. This is, this is right within your wheelhouse. I mean, this is right, right along what you. And then, of course, the biggest giveaway I can give you is what's today. Okay. So somebody's. Somebody's running from a guy who looks like an axe murderer. Ah, you're getting close. You're warm. You're, you're warm. And, and, and I'll go back to my elevator prank. Something of the sort of... Ah, you're getting somewhere. Like maybe somebody in the, in the parking lot is going to their car, and all of a sudden they see this guy, a clown... Again, the music is a dead giveaway, so I'm going to play it one more time. That right there, come on. Give it to me. Somebody's running. Okay, how about this? All you have to tell me is what is the guy dressed up as? 
That's Jason. Uh, okay. All right. So what is he doing? He's chasing a guy with an axe. <laughs> okay, is that your final answer? Yes. All right. Uh, chasing a guy with an axe. Yes. All right, here we go. Uh, here's the reveal, folks. I'm going to put this from the beginning. So for theater of the mind, those who are just listening, what is he doing? It's a guy dressed up like Jason holding a machete, and he's scaring people at a gym. He's actually, like, just walking around the gym, scaring some people are laughing, some people are not. Some people are getting scared. He's tossing the weights around. <laughs> the girl's asking for his picture. He just walks away. He's working out with one hand. Yeah, he, he even goes and pulls a guy off the counter at one point. <laughs> That's so, yeah. pretty cool. So yeah, the music was a dead giveaway. All right, so would you allow me just one more? All right, one more. Go ahead. All right. And then we have to move on to the next segment. All right. One more, one more. Are you ready? name is that sounds like a contraption like a like a, a dishwasher that's <laughs> running off of like a bicycle or something <laughs> all right let's play it for you one more time all right you can play along with us folks get yourself a free item if you can get it correct yeah, he's putting plates in, in like, a makeshift 
<laughs> yeah, it's like a makeshift dishwasher contraption ran by some kind of like bicycle. That's what I get out of it. <laughs> some human powered uh, dishwashing machine or something. All right, so let's reveal. All right, where is it? It's way at the bottom. Caterpillar 60 cold start. All right, here we go. All right. Ah, it was a pipe. Here I'm thinking it was dishes. What the hell is this contraption? It's a caterpillar, one of those things that take dirt. Oh, but like an old one? An old one. That looks crazy. How did that work? Huh. So, well, folks, that's the end of the Ask AM PM Game yes. Show. Welcome to the AM PM Game Show, where Pablo and Ernesto Morado attempt to determine what is going on in a video found online. Using only their ears and their third eye, the host will make a guess on what is going on. If the host gets guesses correctly, they receive $20,000 of a fiat currency that no longer exists. So what do you say, folks? Shall we play a game? Let's do it. And for those that are watching, I see you folks out there and... You're not Shame. participating, so you're getting closer to this Shame. status over here of yeah. a wellipoo. You don't want to be a wellipoo. You don't want to not participate in the Shame. games and the fun. Shame. Participate, well, folks. Get yourself some prizes. Your hand and then dine on the content. You do not want to be a wellipoo. No, you, you wanna, do not. You want to migrate towards being a bobo longo. <laughs> That's right. You want to migrate towards being a bobo longo. Uh, just give me one second. Hold on the Okay, cast. before you go, before you go. I'm not going nowhere. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere. Uh, okay, no, I was going to say, um, uh, for the people that are looking at us through, our, through the feed over here in Facebook, uh-huh. we will continue streaming live uh, on Facebook. But on my end, I'm switching over now to Instagram. And, uh, again, if you go to my profile, you hit live, you can see all the bells and whistles behind the scenes. And uh, even though I'm leaving this live, our show will be streaming live through my profile. Just go to the live section on my profile and you will be seeing it. So now I'm switching over to Instagram. All right. So going back to it. Um, So, yes, Friday the 13th. A very crazy day it happens to be the day that out of all the casts in, in, a, in a year's of worth of casts, today is a day I'm the first time sick on a cast. I mean, I'm not so much sick that obviously I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm functioning, but I'm a little under the weather. Yeah, a little under the weather, yes. 
So, that being said, uh, this is the day of being unlucky, and we described why uh, this is a cursed day based on um, what was the uh, Jacques Jacques de Molay, the Grand Master of the Knights Templar, the Grand Master of the Knights Templar. So we've been, um, and of course, on the day, on the one of the most unluckiest days in the, in the year. You also have one of the most unluckiest events happen in, within the year, which is what happened in Israel. Yes. And uh, we've been going back and forth between figuring out how how this is affecting Israel, how it's affecting us. Uh, we went down the rabbit hole with um, this guy, uh, the economic ninja, and his warning about mm-hmm. what might be coming, some sleeper cell agents, which a lot of people believe that this is going on. Um, and, uh, we also went into the origins of, uh, Friday the 13th and all that. So, um, I have another, uh, report here. I have a few reports here from our, uh, um, favorite, uh, reporter, Mr. Greg Reese. Would you want to watch a, uh, Greg Reese report on Friday the 13th? Oh, sure. All right, here we go. Let's see what he has to say. Oh, well, well hold on. There's, there's a two-parter, so I'm going to give you this one first, what he has to say about Friday the 13th, and then I'm going to give you another one that he put on, which coincides with everything. The origin of Friday the 13th has its roots in the ongoing Holy War, specifically Friday the 13th in October which is noteworthy, seeing as how a worldwide Islamic Jihad has been called for today on Friday the 13th in October. The Knights Templar... Which you just mentioned before we even put this up. Right. Which goes to show you folks, we are plugged in. Yes, we are. I didn't show him this beforehand. ...gained wealth and power by fighting as mercenaries for the Catholic Church during the Crusades. Their headquarters was in the Al-Aqsa Mosque, on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, on Mount Moriah, where Abraham built an altar to sacrifice his son. King Solomon's temple is a central component of all three Abrahamic religions, and especially in Western occultism. The Templars were officially known as the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon, or Templar Knights. Masonic lodges are based on the Temple of Solomon. Kabbalah teaches that the Temple of Solomon represents the metaphysical world and the descending light of the Creator through the Tree of Life. The Templar Knights wore white mantles with a red cross, a symbology that can be found throughout the history of the Catholic Church and its offshoots. Hmm. The rebuilding of King Solomon's Temple is a crucial goal of many religious groups and secret societies. The Templars were not only expert warriors, they were also pioneers in an early form of banking, and arguably one of the world's first multinational corporations. They acquired land throughout Europe and the Middle East, including the island of Cyprus. They owned and operated several farms and vineyards. They built massive stone cathedrals, and they had their own fleet of ships for war and for the import-export business. When Jerusalem was recaptured by Muslim forces in 1187, the Templars were forced to leave the Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Temple Mount. 
but they still managed many businesses and wielded much power. King Philip IV was deeply in debt to the Templars and began pressuring the church to take action against them. At dawn on Friday the 13th of October 1307, mass arrests were carried out against the Templars. Claims were made that the Templar recruits were forced to spit on the cross and deny Christ. They were accused of worshipping Baphomet and a mummified head believed to be that of John the Baptist. Dozens of Templars were burned at the stake, and oh, the order a, was officially dissolved. The Temple Mount remained under control of Muslim forces until the British captured it in the Battle of 1917. Thirty years later, the United Nations gave the land surrounding the Temple Mount to the Zionists, and the State of Israel has been encroaching upon it ever since. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. You see how that ties into the the whole situation, how it ties in to what's going on in that region. So yeah. now that you played that, right? Well, I got another one. You wanna you got a you got a two parter here. Oh, okay. So so that's what's going on, right? So check out this other thing that he uh he put up there, which I think coincides. So let's uh watch this real quick. Of course. Come on. The infamous Albert Pike letter to Mazzini, known as the Illuminati plan for three world wars, mm-hmm. was allegedly written by Albert Pause Pike it. in 18... 18- Do you know who Albert Pike is? I'm not familiar with Albert Pike, no. Albert Pike is... Um, one of the original um, members of the um, of the Masons. Mm. He is the the author of what Masonic uh, members uh, refer to as their Bible, called Morals and, and dogma. dogma. Right. That is Albert Pike, mm. a known racist and Klansman. Hmm. Wow, and a Mason, and founder a Mason. of uh, of of the of the of the American uh, sect of masonry. Of, of masonry. Yes. Wow. Eighteen seventy-one. The letter outlines a plan to foment three world wars in an attempt to take over the world. It is claimed that the letter was on display in the British Museum Library until 1977, but the British Museum denies this claim. Some suggest that the use of the word Nazism in 1871 proves that the letter is a fraud, and others say the same about Zionism, but Zionism existed back then. Zionism was made official in the late 1800s as a non-religious nationalist movement arguing that the Bible was proof that Jews had a lawful claim to the land of Palestine, an area that was currently inhabited by a population that has lived there relatively peacefully for centuries. Around the alleged writing of this Albert Pike letter, Jews began immigrating to Palestine with the intention of someday creating a state of Israel, which did not happen until 1948, after World War II and the creation of the United Nations. 
Albert Pike joined the Fraternal Independent Order of Odd Fellows in 1840. By 1859, he was elected Sovereign Grand Commander of the Scottish Rite's Southern Jurisdiction and remained Sovereign Grand Commander for the rest of his life. He was definitely aware of Zionism, and if this Illuminati plan is true, then his use of the word Nazi is plausible. Either way, the letter is worth a read, and the closer we get to the end game, the more accurate this letter appears to be. The Illuminati plan for three world wars. The first world war must be brought about in order to overthrow the czars in Russia and make that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The divergences caused by agents of the Illuminati between the British and Germanic empires will be used to foment this war. After the war, communism will be used to destroy other governments and weaken the religions. The Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed and political Zionism is strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel in Palestine. During the Second World War, international communism must become strong enough to balance Christendom, which would be restrained and held in check until the time when we would need it for the final social cataclysm. The Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of Islam. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam and political Zionism mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economic exhaustion. We shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists, and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery, and of the most bloody turmoil. Then everywhere, the citizens, obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries, will exterminate those destroyers of civilization. And the multitude, disillusioned with Christianity, whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer, brought finally out in the public view. This manifestation will result from the general reactionary movement which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. Whoever wrote this letter had the vision to see where this is all going. By manipulating our beliefs and emotions, mankind has been herded into these wars like cattle to the slaughter. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. So, the two-parter, what do you think of this? Very interesting. I wasn't aware about um, Albert Pike's letter. And the um, three world wars. Never heard of that before. But he mentions a very crucial uh, very crucial part of what I wanted to educate our listeners. Mm. Because, you know, we 
we hear a lot of stuff, but we don't know exactly how everything started. Right. Now, from what I from what I've, you know, researched over the years cuz this Palestine issue since I was a kid, you know, there was a point where you know, you had the Syrians, you had the Saudi Arabians, you had Egypt all ganging up against Israel. Because mm-hmm. they were they were not in agreeing in agreement of the state of Israel. Okay. And uh Anwar Sadat, who was the the president of Egypt at the time, uh tried to broker this deal and in the in the end, uh he was assassinated. Mm. Um, but here, um, if you go to the Trello, okay, on the very top, it says there's a little cartoon there. History of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Uh-huh. And All right, if you play, play that, and it could give people more of a perspective of what's really, what is the turmoil really about? All right, let's see. Israel, the world's only Jewish state, located east of the Mediterranean Sea, and Palestine, the territory of the Arab population that hails from the Israel-controlled land, have long been known for their enduring conflict with the Israeli occupation of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. The tension between Israel and Palestine has been deteriorating in years, climaxing with many violent clashes between the two sides. To understand the root of the Israel-Palestine conflict, we have to look back a few thousand years ago. Early History of Israeli-Palestinian Conflict In the 17th centuries BC, following the call of God, three patriarchs of the Jewish people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, settled in Canaan, a region approximating present-day Israel, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip, parts of Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan. The region later had the name the Land of Israel, the Promised Land, the Palestine region, or the Holy Land. In 1000 BC, King Saul established the Israelite monarchy, which then was ruled by King David who made Jerusalem the capital of his kingdom, and his son King Solomon who built the first temple in Jerusalem. After the death of King Solomon, the united monarchy was split into the Kingdom of Israel in the north, with Samaria as the capital and the Kingdom of Judah in the south, with Jerusalem as the capital. The land became home to a majority of Jews, but then it was subject to numerous conquests of various groups, leading to the significant decrease of the Jewish population on the land. One of these conquests was conducted by the Roman Empire, who gave the name Palestine to Judah, intending to break the Jewish connection with the land of Israel. During this time, Christianity, which started as a Jewish sect, ultimately became a dominant religion toward the end of the Roman Empire. In the 7th century came an Arab conquest, beginning the spread of Islam. The Dome of the Rock was built on the ruin of the Second Temple, making Jerusalem the holy city to three monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. After Christians in Jerusalem were intensely persecuted by the Seljuk Turks, a Central Asian empire with ambition to expand its territory, Christians in Europe launched several crusades to bring the holy city back to the hand of the Christians. 
During this time, many Jews were killed. Others were making pilgrimages everywhere, mostly in Western Europe. From the 16th century to World War I, the Holy Land, along with much of the Middle East, was ruled by the Ottoman Empire, an Islamic superpower. The land was unofficially called Palestine. At the same time in Europe, more and more Jews were joining a movement called Zionism, aiming to create a Jewish national state in its ancient homeland. Hence, in the first decade of the 20th century, tens of thousands of Jews moved from Europe back to the region. Israel and Palestine under the British rule World War I exploded and ended with the collapse of the Ottoman Empire. Its land in the Middle East was carved by the British and French empires. The British then gave more independence for Iraq and Jordan, and the region remaining under the control of Britain was what it called the British Mandate for Palestine, where Britain promised to establish a Jewish national homeland under its Balfour Declaration, which went into effect in 1923. Tensions between the Jews and the Arabs who both claimed the land grew, which even led to acts of violence. By the 1930s, following the increasing Jewish population in Palestine due to the fear of persecution during the Nazi reign in Germany, the British limited Jewish immigration. In response, the Jewish militias formed to both fight the Arabs and resist the British rule. Then came the Holocaust throughout Nazi Germany, which claimed almost 6 million Jewish lives. After the war, more and more Jews then fled from Europe to Palestine to seek a homeland, escalating the tension with the Arabs. Overwhelmed by the situation, Britain began to withdraw from the region. The Birth of the Israel State After World War II, the UN proposed a plan to partition Palestine into two independent states, a Jewish state and an Arab state, with the city of Jerusalem becoming an international zone with a special status. However, the plan according to which the Jewish, accounting for only one-third of the population, was granted more territory, 56.5% of the land, was rejected by the Arabs. They began to form volunteer armies throughout Palestine. Less than one year after that, as Britain completed its withdrawal from Palestine, Israel declared itself an independent state, marking a new, bloodier chapter in the struggle between the Jews and the Palestinian Arabs. The 1948 Arab-Israeli War Right after the announcement of an independent Israel, a war between the Arabs and the Jews broke out, which was known as the 1948 Arab-Israeli War. The war involved five recently independent Arab nations, Egypt, Jordan, Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon, the Arab League, who invaded the region in an attempt to establish a unified Arab Palestine. However, a ceasefire agreement was reached a year later in which more than two-thirds of historic Palestine, including the West Jerusalem, belonged to Israel, while Jordan occupied East Jerusalem and the area known as the West Bank, and Egypt occupied the Gaza Strip. As a result, more than 750,000 Palestinians were expelled from the land where they lived for centuries on the day that they call Al-Nakba, or the Catastrophe. With the deteriorated dispute between the Jews and the Arabs, there came more wars and fighting in the following decades. The Sixty-Day War It was in 1967 when the Sixty-Day War broke out after a volatile period of diplomatic friction and skirmishes between Israel and its neighboring Arab states, Jordan, Syria, and Egypt. 
This brief war ended with the victory of Israel, giving Israel control over the Golan Heights from Syria, the West Bank and East Jerusalem from Jordan, and Gaza and the Sinai Peninsula. You know, one thing I'm watching from this, I didn't realize how close Israel is to Egypt. Yeah, they're right there. They're, they're right there. They have I borders. Didn't... They have borders. I had no idea. I mean, I knew they were in the, the Egypt and all that was all in the Middle East, but I didn't realize, like, literally there's there's land. I thought there was water between them. So you see that little stretch of water right there where you have the arrow? Yeah, this right here? Keep going up. up. Here? No, no, no. Up. Yeah, this? I believe that's where Moses crossed. Oh, okay. That's how he uh, fled Egypt. Right. Peninsula mm. from Egypt. Sinai was later returned to Egypt under the Egypt-Israel Peace Treaty. After the war, most Palestinian refugees and their descendants were not allowed to return to their homes, but had to live in Gaza, the West Bank, and neighboring Jordan, Syria, and Lebanon. The First Intifada and the Oslo Accords the rising number of Israelis settling in the Palestinian territories in the West Bank and Gaza gave rise to the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, first founded in Cairo, Egypt in 1964 to create a liberated Palestine in Israel. The PLO launched attacks on Israel from its base in Jordan. It was then forced to move from Jordan to Lebanon, starting to carry out acts of terrorism against Israel. Fighting went on for years, including the Israeli invasion of Lebanon to kick the PLO out of Beirut. The PLO eventually agreed to divide the land between Palestine and Israel, but there were still more and more Jewish settlers moved into the Israel-occupied Palestinian territories. Go. In 1987, a violent Palestinian uprising was ignited, starting from the Jabalaya refugee camp after an Israeli Defense Forces truck collided with two Palestinian civilian vans, killing four of them. This was known as the First Intifada. This bloody conflict resulting in hundreds of deaths triggered a peace process with the signing of the Oslo Accords by Israel and the PLO, the Oslo I Accord signed in Washington, D.C., and the Oslo II Accord in Taba, Egypt. According to the Oslo Accords, the West Bank was divided into three areas. Area A was exclusively controlled by the Palestinians. Area B was controlled by both the Palestinians and Israel. Area C was fully controlled by Israel. Look at that. Wow. The Second Intifada. Though further peace talks continued in 2000, the Israelis and Palestinians could not reach agreements on issues like the status of Jerusalem, rights of refugees, and the increased Jewish settlement in Palestinian lands. Ariel Sharon, a Jewish Israeli who would later become Israel's Prime Minister, visited the Temple Mount, home to the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. The action was deemed offensive by many Palestinians, and the Second Intifada broke out. Mm. The violence ended with Israel's withdrawal from Gaza, but continued to settle in the West Bank. Mm. Israel Conflict with Hamas Hamas is a Sunni Islamist militant group aiming to destroy the state of Israel and create an Islamic state. After the armed conflict between Hamas and Fatah, who managed the PLO, Hamas split from the Palestinian Authority and gained power in the Gaza. 
Israel put Gaza under a suffocating blockade, leading to several bloody wars between the two groups in the Gaza Strip, including Operation Cast Lead, Operation Pillar of Defense, and Operation Protective Edge. In 2014, Hamas and Fatah reached agreement to form a national unity government. In 2018, the U.S. Embassy was relocated from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which was deemed by the Palestinians as a signal of American support for Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Mm. 2021, the Donald conflict Trump between Israel and... Donald Trump did that? Mm-hmm. Wow. ...Palestine was reassumed by a series of hostile events in East Jerusalem, leading to several acts of violence until a ceasefire deal brokered by Egypt, Qatar, and the United Nations came into effect on May 21st. Peaceful though it may seem now, the complex and long-lasting territorial dispute between two states is a ticking time bomb that can explode any time. Hmm. Thanks for watching. If you find this information useful, please give us a thumbs up and share. A quick synopsis. That's a lot of the history done in 10 minutes, but wow, that's... That's a quick synopsis of what's going on in that region. And as you can see... I mean... Who... I mean... I mean... I don't know. They claim... I mean, who is it really to claim? I mean, it's a I don't tough, know. it's a tough situation. But as you can see, these- but it's interesting how the Christians are no are not in this conflict. But it's just as much as uh, our birth uh, holy land, as well as yes, but but they have no part in this. Uh, after the Ottoman, after the Ottoman Empire, completely. After the Muslims mm-hmm. and this this um, pilgrimage that uh, that uh, Christians were doing mm-hmm. sort of came to a stop, the Muslims uh, kind of took it over. So mm. the and of course it went. You know the the capital of Christendom. Mm-hmm. Was Jerusalem right? But then it shifted to Rome and the Sistine Chapel. Mm. So, but it's still technically there, though, right? No, no, of course it's there. Right? You know, you got Calvary. There's a lot of Christian history. I there. mean, that's where you got Christ Beth- lived. You got Bethlehem. You have Christ didn't live in Italy. No, no, and that's the thing, you know, which is why some people are not so keen on Catholicism. That's another thing. You know, there's a lot of little things about Catholicism. And you saw in the Greg Reese report, uh, the serpent room in, in the Vatican. And the Vatican is a very... That's why it's like, I, I don't know who to believe. Uh, I don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore. I mean... I knew that there's a lot of strange things that happen in Catholicism. I mean, I, I, if you go to the Sistine Chapel, which I've been, mm-hmm. they have a huge obelisk there. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, this huge sphere there. You know, what? how is that representing, you know, our Lord? Mm. You know, there's a lot of strange things that... 
you know, this is why Dan Brown, you know, mm. does these Da Vinci Code mm-hmm. kind of like, and and links it to the Illuminati and all the because the Vatican is a strange place. Oh yeah, so, and and very secretive, very secretive. So the reason that we are no we're not so prominent now in that region is because our focus kind of shifted over to Rome and the Sistine Chapel. Mm. But those are the the Catholic sect, you know, but then you also have the Protestants. Right. And, you know, and the other sects of Christianity. The Christians and... Right. Yeah. We're all Christians. It's just different sects of Christianity. Christianity. Right. So... Do we still go to Jerusalem? Yes. But as far as the Christian hold that the the Templars, you know, because the Templars won Jerusalem, lost it. They took it over again, lost it. Mm. And then finally Saladin ended up conquering the area and thus it remained Muslim all the way up until World War One. Wow. So it's a very complicated situation there. And then uh, to add to the complication, here you go. So no America first for you? No. Are you an American? Yes. And you don't want to put America first? No. <laughs> That's uh, something that you uh put up on the the yeah, trail and if you and if you look in that um there's something there's something going on in the world and if you look under the um, Friday the 13th episode in the mm-hmm. trail right let me see if i find it see if you find where it says australia uh yes i got it here Listen to what they're saying. Uh, it says pro-Palestine uh, Palestine protesters chant gas the Jews at Sydney Opera House lit in Israeli flag colors. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So we're, we've got we found ourselves back to the same rhetoric that got us in World War Two. And then they're they're the this is the Palestinian uh, people, right? And then you have this uh, uh, sent uh, statement uh, made by someone who is in uh, who's a Jewish person who's in uh, who said this while he was in uh, the capital of Jerusalem. And uh, just listen to this. In the eleventh hour, and when Israelis unite. They're extremely powerful. So that's what Hamas is going to be up against, the United Israel, over the next couple of months. And uh, 
I, I think when this is over, you'll have a similar outcome to ISIS where they will totally wipe out. Uh, you know, you'll be able to Google Hamas and it just won't exist anymore. It'll say something like a former terrorist organization. Hmm. And uh, the hopeful outcome that will come out of this. And so that's with the Jewish perspective. And I mean, he doesn't he's not proud of it. He's saying that, you know, the, the way in the context, giving it a little context, he was a little weary of saying it. But he's saying the sentiment is uh, Mr. And they call him B.B. Netanyahu. Uh, B.B. Netanyahu is um, saying they're going to come down on Palestine with the full force of the, was it the, the Israeli Defense uh, Force, IDF? Yes. And B- those people don't play. B.B. Netanyahu was a soldier for the Mossad. Right. So he knows a little thing, too, about how to start a war and how to finish and one. this is what I'm thinking. But uh, have you seen the numbers between how many uh, Jewish people uh, have been killed by Palestinians and how many Palestinians have been killed by Jews? I saw something, but I cannot quote them off, off the top right, of let my me, head. Let me uh, do a quick... Uh, was that a... Uh, uh, yes, uh, it was. Oh, Give me a pow, pow. I've been <laughs> fighting it. Oh, no. Pow, 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 pow. <clears throat> so, yes, um, what are the numbers? <clears throat> Excuse me. You're the night owl. How do you? Uh, no, because I really didn't. Uh, I, went, I, I went from work. I got home about six. And actually, no, this is what happened. After work, after work, I went to Walmart. Oh, okay. And I got the burgers, and I got the mm. dogs, and I got some supplies for when spiritual auntie is coming. Oh, okay. And then I slept a little bit, and then I got up and did barbecue and mm. started setting up down here. So it's been a long, been long day. Oh, I see, I see. Well, same here. I uh, I woke up this morning at five thirty. Went to, ran for a mile, swam 10 laps, did some workout, got ready, went to work, and clocked out at work at 7.30, come back here, take care of the kids, clean up my son, get them ready for bed, and got this cast going. So we're busy people, folks. Try And you know what? This is a great time to say, please, if you can get us to do this full time, all you need to do is... Donate, please. You guys want a better cast? How you think a nigga's supposed to get this shit? They shit don't, money don't grow on trees. She don't find Come on, man. How you think a nigga's supposed to get this shit? They shit don't, money don't grow on trees. She don't fall out the sky, nigga. We made a commitment to you, so please make a commitment for us. Yeah, we, we're, we're putting ourselves out there, our names, are, you know, people, people can, uh, the content of the stuff that we talk about, people can easily, you know, the, uh, shadow ban us and, and defame us and defraud us and make us out to be, you know, liars and bigots and whatever else that they want to categorize us as. And we take that. We take that on the chin for you guys because, you know, 
we feel that this is information that is important that nobody really talks about. And we're not the Alex Jones turns a frog gay. You know, we, we back it up with actual, I mean, Alex Jones, we go to for some things. You know, we, we read through the Alex Jones. We don't go verbatim. We go, what is he trying to say? What is it going right. on? Where's the proof? Where's the documentation? And we know that he comes back like he's going off of memory because he's seen thousands of documents and he's piecing these things together. But, you know, to the, it comes out like turns a frog gay as opposed to, you know, frogs get hermaphroditic when a certain chemical gets into the, into right. the water, which is re- reality. But, you know, he says it to the masses, which, you know, may not be technically savvy or IQ may not be high enough to understand the the technicality of every little thing that he's, you know, keeping an eye on. Right. So, you know, we try our best to give a rounded cast. And on top of that, we tried our best to give a cast that has value and is funny and is, you know, helps you laugh, helps you get through the the news instead of it being something that you it's just constant dread we try to inject some funny stuff in there we we do our best to make this cast digestible so you can understand what's going on out there without having to bring that home and feeling oh i just watched the news right right so please we're trying our best to give you value reciprocate that value and it doesn't have to be you know, donating. You can go to our theparamidshop.com. You can buy yourself some. I mean, right behind me, I got the whole line of paramid supplements that we bring out specifically for you. I mean, we did it. We did this because we wanted to help our audience and give them something. And that, this quality merchandise, right? You know, there's quality merchandise. We got quality merch um, and swag, and and we got quality supplements because we. We take them. We, I mean, all these bottles back here are, are empty. As you can see, all these bottles back here are completely empty, folks, because we take them. We take them. We absolutely. take them. We're the ones buying it. We're doing it for you, but we're the ones buying it. So please, please see the value that we're trying to do for all of you that are listening, especially the family members. It costs you nothing. To buy us, it costs you, what, $30 to buy a bottle of Brain Boost that not only helps the cast, but also helps yourself and your family. We're trying to help you. You don't trust us? I mean, out of all the things that we've done so far, I mean, come on. Seriously. If you're watching this cast and your family, please go to theparamidshop.com. None of there is, none of that you see on our site is snake oil. Not Everything, at all. Everything is FDA grade. Everything is vetted. Everything is is done to a, a, a level of excellence that we demand for ourselves. We're not going to put this in our body if we. I mean, none of us here wants a Google shot, you know. So we're not going to put, you know, we're not going to just put whatever in our body, right? So if we're doing it, and we think there's value here, and we see the results, we see the benefits of how it's affecting us. We're trying to give that to you. I mean. And it's helping the cast. I mean, how much more can we do, please? And let me let me add to that. It's that the fact that maybe supplements are not for you, right? Right. Supplements are not for everybody. I mean, they're not but for everybody. Then, but then we have our famous fungi coffee. Can we play that little commercial for fungi coffee? Yeah, sure. 
play a little fun guy commercial take that as you know our our break over here yeah i mean we have coffee we have supplements we we try our best our coffee is delicious mushroom infused it's you know your morning joe with the added benefits of of mushrooms right so with that said let's play them a little bit of our delicious coffee (laughs) all right Here's a little ad for our delicious coffee. Unleash the power of nature in your morning ritual with fungi coffee, the ultimate fusion of taste and wellness. We've Reimagine your daily cup of joe within an extraordinary blend of premium coffee, mind-enhancing neurotropics, and a medley of potent mushrooms, including lion's mane, turkey tail, shaga, shiitake, reishi, and cordyceps. It is time to redefine your coffee break with fungi coffee obstacles and setbacks are inevitable how you respond to them will determine if you have what it takes challenges will become a champion so go for the finish line with Fungi Coffee. <laughs> so if supplements are not for you, right? Which they should be because let's face it, folks, we all have little deficiencies and we and, we, and look, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not offering pills. We got gummies. How hard is it? I mean, my daughter prefers our gummies, which have... 10 wonderful mushrooms that all do different things to help benefit your brain, your body, your gut, your 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 immune system. And my daughter chooses that over Welch's. Over Welch's, folks. That means it's delicious. How hard could it be? I mean, you may not be into a routine or whatever, but they're good for you. So you may not and be if, in- And if you're not taking supplements now, right, and this is not your thing, Maybe this it's is a the, great idea to make it your thing. Yeah, like you know, some people. Maybe this could be the start of a better uh, lifestyle, healthy lifestyle. Exactly. I mean, some people there. It's not their but thing I, to brush their teeth, right? Some people, it's it, it's a it's a hard thing to brush their teeth. But again, but it's good for you. It's good for you. But again, there are people that say, "Well, you know what? Coffee's not for me." supplements are not for me when you wake up in the morning do you go to work naked no (laughs) you need some gear and if you need gear and then there's people that say listen whatever you're buying whatever you're selling i ain't buying right there's those kinds of people absolutely whatever you're selling i ain't okay so then don't buy anything that we're selling but if you're watching this cast, you're gaining value out of it, then donate. Just go to 
our Substack and donate because we're giving this out for free, folks. We're giving this out for free. So please support the cast. I mean, not only do we give this out for free, but we make a commitment every week to do this sickness or no sickness, rain or shine, you know, personal stuff or no personal stuff. Sleep or no sleep. Sleep or no sleep. We let nothing come in between this cast. And let me tell you something. We are always at least five to ten days ahead of the news cycle. Mm. I've noticed it already. We mentioned something five or ten days later, hits the headlines. Mm. And with that said, yes, go to our paramedshop.com, buy some supplements, buy some coffee. We even got um, a sports line going with uh, with our supplements. And if you don't want none of that, we have gear. We got some pretty cool um, hoodies and T-shirts. Help us continue in the cast. Yes. And with that said, remember what I said, we're like five to ten days ahead in the news cycle. Mm-hmm. Right? The prophecy... Of the people of Israel says the Messiah will return again once we rebuilt what? The dome of the 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 Temple of Solomon. The Temple of Solomon, yeah, yes, that's right. Could it be that this is the initial plan and Bibi Netanyahu will seize not only will he get rid of Hamas? Could he just say, now the Dome of the Rock is mine and rebuild the Temple of Solomon? I don't know. bringing the the prophecy to fruition and exacerbating the end of times. Hmm. So, because not only is... Friday the 13th, an unlucky number. But it's also said, it's believed that the demon Baal Mm -hmm. on Friday the 13th goes into human form and begins to roam the earth. Really? And, and... Being that tomorrow we're going to, oh, actually now it's today Mm -hmm. at 1 p.m. We're going to see the ring of fire. Right. You know, could it be that we're in this prophecy as we speak? Mm. So we're, we're going through some very interesting times. So let's help one another. Let's love one another. You know, and uh, let's see, let's pray for humanity and let's hope that this thing that we all fear doesn't happen. Yes. So, with that said, it, I think it's uh, we're getting into the, the third hour. So that means we're getting closer to our... Yes. But before we get there... We have a one special segment that we have to do because 
We are grateful for the opportunity that they have given us, and we are grateful for for them taking uh, the the chance on us and allowing and and giving us this sponsorship. So we have to go into our ground out news segments. Give us six minutes, and we'll try to give you the universe. There you go. All righty. So I'm going to bring you the top headlines that are listed in ground.news. And if you're looking for 15% off ground.news, you can go to check.ground.news forward slash pyramid. That's check. Dot ground dot news forward slash pyramid for 15% off. For those that don't know, ground.news uh, basically takes all the top headlines, all the top stories that are going on between all the different news organizations and uses the power of AI to see through all the slant and narrative that these articles might have so that you can see the truth rather than what they like to put in front of you, which is the right. lie. So let's go on to ground that news and see what is the top headlines going around the world today. So it looks like uh, Amanda Knox to face new trial after Italian court overturned slander conviction. Oh my God. Italy's top court on Friday overturned slander conviction against Amanda Knox. The American famously jailed in Italy, later acquitted in 2007 uh, for the murder of her roommate and ordered that she face a new trial. Mm. Mm. This woman, Amanda Knox, has a whole um, uh, documentary on uh, Netflix with her. Yeah. Right? Um, SPAC returns remaining $533 million raised for Trump's social media deal. Digital World Acquisition Corp, the SPAC, that uh, plans to merge with former U.S. President Donald Trump's media and technology company, said this week that it will return to investors $533 million raised for the deal after some have already backtracked on $467 million of commitments. Hmm. Are fake news. <laughs> you are fake news. Dean Phillips draws primary challenger uh, following rumors that he plans to challenge Biden. Former Republican uh, Dean Phillips stepped down from the House Democratic leadership. Uh, no, first. Is it representative, maybe? Because he's a Democrat, no? Yeah, his first representative. Uh, uh, Dean, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dean first Phillips rep, yeah. uh, stepped down from the House uh, Democratic leadership over his views on President Joe Biden's re-election bid. Now, Phillips may face a primary challenger thanks to his 2024 ambitions. Grand Canyon issues warning about love locks. Love is strong, but our bolt cutters are stronger, reads a new Facebook post 
from the Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona. Oh, these are people that put these uh, locks and on the chain on the on fences. Yeah, to represent uh, their love. So they're cutting them. Okay, Katie Porter. wake up. <laughs> Katie Porter falls behind Adam Schiff in third quarter fundraising in California State uh, uh, Senate race. Rep- uh, Representative Katie Porter brought in over $3 million in fundraising for the third quarter of 2024 California Senate race. Uh, uh, falling behind uh, Representative Adam, Adam Schiff, despite pulling neck and neck with him recently. Okay. Um, environmentalists warn of intent to sue over snail species living near Nevada lithium mine. Interesting. In an ongoing legal, legal battle with Biden administration over a Nevada lithium mine, environmentalists are, po- are poised to return to Wait court. A in an ongoing legal ba- uh, battle with Biden administration over snails? Uh-huh. Legal battle over Nevada lithium mine, environmentalists are poised to re- return to court with a new approach accusing U.S. wildlife officials of dragging their feet on a year-old petition seeking endangered... Uh, let's see the... Seeking endangered... Uh, let's see here. Come on, man. Uh, it says, Conservatives are threatening to sue the U.S. government for failing to protect the Kings River, a tiny uh, snail species that is at risk of extinction. The snail's habitat is in danger due to the construction of a lithium mine near the Oregon line, which may reduce or eliminate the water flows that sustain the snails. The Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, responsible for protecting the snail's habitat, is being accused of inaction and potential delay tactics. Oh, speaking of delay tactics... um. Did you see the delay tactic that happened uh, last week? With? Um, with, uh, I believe it was a senator who forgot how a door functions. I didn't see that, no. You didn't see that? Oh, I got to show you this. I didn't put this on the Trello, but you have to see this. So, a United States senator okay, uh, forgot. How a door functions. Uh, <laughs> just, just see, just see this crazy. Um, <laughs> I'll pull this up here. Um, uh, hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, well, one second. I'm gonna pull this up for you, folks. Please sit tight and hold on to your pens. And- so the guy actually forgot how a door. Please works. sit tight and hold on to. <laughs> well, you tell me. T- tell me. Tell me what happened here. Uh, let's see. How come I'm not hearing this? Hold on. investigation for pulling a fire we saw up on capitol hill uh, earlier today I, I guess somebody pulled a fire alarm um democratic congressman uh, jamal bowman 
is under investigation Congressman. for pulling a fire alarm in the House uh, Cannon Office building. Bowman's uh, was identified by security footage, and uh, his office says this was just an accident. Um, you know, I, I don't know who, how you accidentally pull in a, a fire alarm. Wait SC, a minute, but, I thought he forgot how to uh, use the door. Well, well, you want to hear his explanation here? Uh, uh, you have to hear his uh, uh, him explaining why he pulled the the uh, the door alarm. Uh, here here is explanation. <coughs> And I do want to get to the latest on another story that we have been following, all related to this, as Democratic Representative Jamal Bowman acknowledged triggering a fire alarm Saturday in one of the U.S. Capitol office buildings as lawmakers did scramble to pass a bill to fund the government before that midnight shutdown deadline. The fire alarm sounded out around noon in the Cannon House office building and prompted a building-wide evacuation at a time when the House was in session and staff staffers were working in the building. The building was reopened an hour later after the heard this story at all? No. it was not a threat. The GOP-controlled House Administration Committee, which does oversee issues pertaining to the Capitol complex, posted this picture right here on your screen of a person pulling the fire alarm who did appear to be Bowman. Now, the New York lawmaker told reporters hours later he was rushing to get to vote. You have to hear his explanation. They're not putting his uh, apology. Hold on. Uh, Jamal Bowman, let's see. Jamal Bowman apology. Let's see. Let's let's listen to his apology. If I can find it on uh uh let's see. Um Okay, here we go. What they're gonna do, because that's what they do, but I'm not worried about that. So you say that your your comm staff released a statement without you being aware that the, they used the term Nazi. You didn't see that statement before it ran? I didn't know, but as soon as I saw it, I sent out the tweet that retracted it and made my position very clear. Mr. Schwimmer, what do you say to folks who say it's just not believable that you would think a red fire alarm was an exit? How could you possibly get that mixed up? Yeah, I mean, it's all good. You know, they could have their opinion. Oh, uh, come on. This is, you have to, he, he, he thought that that's how you get out that door, by clicking and by pulling the fire alarm. Come on. They're not going to. Uh, gonna... his name is John C. <laughs> you have to you have to hear this this ridiculous apology so what happened was congress was in she- in session and they didn't have a uh a, a, a consensus of what was going on how to fund the government right so he Pulled the fire alarm. So, <laughs> so what did he do? He he pulled the fire alarm. But you have to you have to see his apology. You have to see because <laughs> so what his intention was to disrupt the meeting. Well, that's what that's what we're all assuming. That's what it all seems like. But that's but not what he's saying. His excuse is that that's how he thought the door opened. Right. Oh my god! I, you have to see this because this. You have to hear this. Uh, this apology. Let's see if they put it up here. 
come on. Let's see. I want to see this. Tourists. Ads. Uh, hold on. You have to see this. I can't believe this is harder to uh, hard to find. You know where it might be? You know where I might find it? On X.com. Let me see. Mm. It seems like everywhere is banning even the most benign. I guess it's not really benign, but. Cause once you hear this, this, you, you, once you hear this apology, it's it's so ridiculous. But uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, media. Let me see if I can find this. Come on, really? Is everybody shadow banning this? Uh, this story. Uh. <laughs> Come on. Really? Is it this is See if you can find it on Well, I don't know if uh, you're going to be able to find it. Let, what what's his name again? Jamal Bowman. He uh, he he explains uh why he uh pulled the fire alarm. Let me see. Let me uh, do another let me avoid uh, the big G. You know, I wonder if the big G and because uh, you know uh, the Masons Look, over here it says Jamal Bowman draws doubt after claiming fire alarm pulled just a mistake as GOP demands. Okay, let's see if there's anything. Let's see. Trying hard to find this for you, and I folks. I want to get to the latest on another story that we have been. Oh, maybe may, I think. To this, as Democratic you, Representative Jamal Bowman acknowledged triggering a fire alarm Saturday in one of the U.S. Capitol offices. No, that's the same report that I want to hear him say. Yeah, so I'm trying to. He definitely says it. There's a. He says it on video. I just try. Oh, wait, maybe I found no. Putting up, there's people talking about it. There's always all these people talking about it, but he actually said it. I'm not like I don't understand why is this hard to find. This was easy. You saw him say. I saw him say it. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy thing. Why is this? Let's see. Okay, here we go. I think I got it. Uh, I believe I have it. I want to tell you a story. I used to believe that Jesus. Oh, boy. Yeah, if you haven't heard, Jamar Bowen, he is a congressman that actually put the fire alarm. Well, everything that immediately... Hakeem was asked about Bowman after he got. Come on, give me the guy talk. Come on, right? Like, there's footage of him saying it from his mouth, but it's unbelievable that they that they. uh, Okay.
No, that Beat. wasn't it. Well, come on, is this is this real? Is this real? But just like that, how I'm constantly telling. They gotta show him. I got. I gotta hear. I got. Now I'm curious. <laughs> you have to hear well, it. Can we? Act- Come on, this is so ridiculous that I'm not able to find this. Like one, two, three witnesses. They don't care about. And then um, they got this bozo just talking about it. Yeah, there's a bunch of bozos talking about it, but nobody's putting up the actual. What did did they scrub it? What, what, is this guy that powerful, Jamal Jamal Bowman? Is he that powerful to scrub all of social media of this? No, I don't think so. Come on, really? They don't have... Wow. That's insane. That's crazy. I can't believe that they don't have it. There, there has to be. There, Jamal Bowman addresses fire. Everybody on. uses pictures of him, but they don't have him saying it. He did a whole press conference on the How damn do you thing. Get to the latest on another. Okay, you know what? I'm maybe it's in my history. And Let I me do see. Get to the la- ah, okay. This is crazy. I can't believe that I have to dig this deep to find this. This is unbelievable. So we're watching the debate um, on the House floor before they have a vote on a continuing resolution, a 45-day essentially stopgap um, as they figure out a budget. While I'm here looking at, uh, also tried to pull a fire alarm I'm in trying. Cannon this morning. He did it. Why this happened? I want to be very clear. We're out to his office uh, to find out more information. Wow, they really put a media block. That's what it feels like. They put a media block on his statement. What? This is crazy. They took it down. I can't believe, but everywhere, the internet didn't save a single file of it? I find that hard to believe. Wow, I really find that hard to believe. Nowhere? This is nuts. I know that Fox News has. Oh, 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 oh. Maybe I found it. Maybe I found it here. Okay. Shouting, raising his voice. He has aggressive, uh, his physical mannerisms are aggressive. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's it's so nonsensical that it's comical. Uh, You can see clearly in the video that we were like, playfully jousting yes, with each other she was laughing i was laughing we were talking about each other's party and certain issues um so the the demeanor and the disposition you know on the steps it was it was it was play- no that's not it these two guys ah, had a flex competition on. when it started to get crazy that's not it anyone- ah come on what is what does a person have to oh, oh, oh uh here yeah yes finally finally i think i might have found it that's what they do, right? finally forbes I didn't know, but as soon as I saw it, I sent out the tweet that retracted it and made my position very clear. What do you say to folks who say it's just not believable that you would think a red fire alarm was an exit? How could you possibly get that mixed up? Yeah, I mean, it's all good. You know, they could have their opinion, but I know I was in a rush to get to my vote. 
And I tried the door, it didn't work. So I pulled the alarm thinking it would open. That didn't work, so I went downstairs. It was a dumb choice, um, but, you know, it is what it is. I take full responsibility. He pulled the alarm thinking that the door will open. <laughs> you, how, why was this so hard to find? There's a lever there. <laughs> so he tried to push it and it didn't open. That's what he's saying. Listen. Open, that didn't work, so I went down. Their opinion about no, I was in a rush to get to my vote, and I tried. He to- was in a rush to get to his vote, according to him. The door didn't work, so I pulled the alarm, thinking it would open. That didn't work, so I went downstairs. It was a dumb choice, um, but you know, it is what it is. I take full responsibility for it, and now uh, trying to move on, just do my job. But why would you think a fire alarm would get you out of the door? Listen, <laughs> you know, I tried the door. It says it's emergency exit. You push on it, it would open. I tried that, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried the alarm. To get out of the door. I've done that in other places, and it worked. It mm-hmm. so most people see an emergency exit, they can take another exit. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I wasn't trying to prevent a vote or shut down the government or do anything. It was a mm-hmm. bad decision. It was a mistake. Took responsibility for it. You know, Nobody's believing this. You know, we got to focus on doing our job. That's when the most important thing. Did you ever punish any students for pulling a fire alarm? <laughs> and if so, what, what was the punishment? I'll have more to say, you know, after the decision is made in terms of what happens with the investigation. Wow. Uh, what, did, what did the Capitol Police tell So he pulled the alarm to open the door. <laughs> so, again, he didn't know how a door functioned. <laughs> What person sees a, a fire alarm? It clearly is states it's a fire alarm. And you go, hmm, let me... Who who has this thought? This door is locked. It, it says that it's an emergency exit. Huh, let me pull the fire alarm to so see... They, well, he's trying to say that by pulling the fire alarm, the doors were released. Right. But that's, that's does that does that make any sense? If the door, if that is what happens, why are you pulling the fire alarm? Because let's be honest, the fire alarm is there for a reason to alert if there's a fire, not to open the door. If the doors are locked for a reason, somewhere else. Exactly. Exactly. So, what kind of excuse is this? (laughs) A congressman. He was a principal, too. He was a principal. <laughs> Did you hear what they said? He's like, and, and, you know, the funny thing about it is that he was not in imminent danger. Right. He just wanted to go get his vote. Right. He was in a rush. Uh, let's be honest. He <laughs> you were delaying to- the vote, sir. Yes. You yeah. were delaying the vote. Stop bullshitting. The whole, I mean, what a, out of all lies. Like, imagine, imagine you, right? Ernesto Morado, you're like, going, how am I going to delay this? You pull the alarm, right? And you go, how the f- how am I going to explain? <laughs> how am I going to explain myself? Um, I thought this is how you get out of here. Excuse me, sir. Why did you pull the fire alarm? Uh, uh, I had to go get my vote. <laughs> um, this is not how the doors open. <laughs> and he got lucky that people didn't get hurt in trying to. Right. He got lucky. Right. 
Because if you if you if you pull a fire alarm anywhere, isn't that like a fine if there's no fire or some oh, kind of punishment? Oh yeah. Especially so, in a public building. I mean, you can't You'll even get yell in trouble. You can't even yell fire in a public place without getting in trouble. For sure. So, <laughs> this guy, I don't believe. I don't believe what you're saying here, for <laughs> sir. But I'm glad I was able to find it because I said it came out from his mouth. The ridiculous, and it took a while. Could you believe how long it took us to yeah, find that? Yeah, yeah. Media block is unbelievable. So, uh, going back to the the top headlines here, um, in uh, Ground News, environmentalists warn of uh, a lithium mine. Um. And these top news, I mean, what uh, this is the what the world is concerned about? Snails, people are dying in in Israel, people are dying in Ukraine, people right. are dying in Taiwan, people are dying everywhere. There's people migrating in and this is what they're worried about? I mean, my god, where are your priorities? We got all this stuff and Joe Biden's taking a vacation. Where's that headline? I mean, not not to, nothing against ground news. I'm gonna give you the whole news. load over here, right? <laughs> nothing against uh, the ground on news because you know they didn't do anything. They're just um, gathering up all the the top headlines. But come on, what is this? I'm gonna give you the whole load today. There you go. You're going on vacation. As accusations fly over ballot stuffing in mayoral primary, Connecticut Democrat takes the fifth. A local Democrat official in Connecticut's largest city invoked her Fifth Amendment rights against self, uh, self-incrimination Friday rather than answer questions in court about allegations of illegal ballot box stuffing during a recent mayoral primary. Hmm. <laughs> House Republicans uh, tap Jim Jordan as a nominee for next speaker. Uh, House Republicans tap uh, Jim Jordan as their nominee uh, day after the initial candidate majority leader Steve Scalise failed to consolidate enough party to uh, support to win the majority vote on the full House floor. Okay, now we're getting to like some of the heavy stuff. Uh, Hamas says 70 people, mostly women and children, killed in Israeli strikes on Gaza's fleeing convoys. Hamas says 70 people were mostly women and children have been killed, uh, fleeing the city. Israeli military says uh, forces have carried out small raids inside Gaza Strip. Uh, Israeli defense forces said infantry forces and tanks entered Gaza Strip on Friday, the first time troops set foot in the area since Hamas massacres uh, seven days ago. Wow. Okay. It says human rights watch says Israel used white phosphorus oh no in Gaza Lebanon. Lebanon huh based on a verified video and witness accounts human rights watch has claimed that Israeli forces use white phosphorus in military operations in Lebanon and Gaza on 10th and 11th of October 2023 respectively wow um it says here what is white phosphorus that's a good question. Uh, Israeli um, uh, denies uh, phosphorus weapons in Gaza. Human Rights uh, Watch represents evidence of white phosphorus near the Israeli-Lebanon border. Israel Israel is accused of war crimes 
for using white phosphorus during 2008 and 2009 in offensive in Gaza. Huh. White phosphorus. I've never heard that. It doesn't explain uh what white uh Israel denies white phosphorus. It doesn't explain what white phosphorus Okay, here uh here it goes. What is white phosphorus and why is it so controversial? The Israeli military deployed white phosphorus, a controversial and lethal chemical substance, in its war against Hamas, putting civilians at risk of life-threatening burns, whole, according to the Human Rights uh, Watch. The organization, an international nonprofit, said it uh, said it verified video footage from multiple locations, one in Gaza, a densely populated area, and two on the Israel-Lebanon border depicting the chemical signature air bursts, according to an October 12th statement. Anytime that white phosphorus is used in a crowded civilian areas, it poses high risk of excruciating burns and lifelong suffering. Wow. Oh, my God. This is what they deployed on Gaza? This is why I'm saying, you know, every action has an equal... I mean, granted, there's like, you know, there's a long history and it's... You know, there's there's things that happen, but come on, you can't be. I don't know. I mean, at the same time, you, you're gonna try to hurt and kill somebody. I mean, the method really is not. I mean, once you kill somebody, you but kill isn't somebody. That, being that this thing is so dangerous, doesn't that go against the gene? Well, I guess. Yeah, I think I think that's the whole thing that they're they're going against the uh, human rights uh, Geneva right. Convention, right? Um, which. Wasn't that put in place for what happened to the Jews? I mean, isn't why we have the G- Geneva Convention? Because, yes. I mean, what the hell, folks? I mean, eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Is that what you want? Uh, Louisiana governor's race ignites GOP hopes of reclaiming position as Democrats try to keep it blue. Okay. Um, latest story, Trump's uh, longtime CFO lied under oath. About Trump Tower penthouse? Hmm. Alan Weisselberg, the longtime chief financial officer of the Trump organization, lied in sworn testimony on Tuesday when questioned about Donald Trump's penthouse atop Trump Tower. Wonder what that could be about. Mm. Uh, Pennsylvania seeks to expand public awareness of its indigenous culture and history. Pennsylvania... We were just talking about the indigenous people of America. Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania's absence of federally recognized tribal nations means that there's been an incomplete picture of its Native American culture and history. Officials said Friday that they announced a grant-funded program designed to change that. Oh, yeah, that's going to do a lot. Grant-funded program to put uh, money in politicians' pockets to supposedly help the indigenous people, but does... Virtually shit for them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Sonny Hostin compares Hamas to Proud Boys. Oh, boy. A co-host of The View compared Hamas to Proud Boys. Are you kidding me? Oh, Christ almighty. You, you know, uh, I, I looked up the this uh, 1988 Hamas Charter, which is like their declaration of like uh, their... Their mind Kampf, their the reason why they do certain things. Their manifesto. Their manifesto. Uh, it says here, Article One describes Hamas as a, an Islamic resistance movement with an ideological program of Islam. 
Article 2 of Hamas Charter defines Hamas as a universal movement and one of the branches of of the Muslim Brotherhood in Palestine. Article 3, the movement consists of Muslims who have given their allegiance to Allah. Article 4, welcomes every Muslim who embraces its faith, ideology, and program, keeps its secrets, and wants to belong in its ranks and carry out the duty. Uh, It's... Salafist roots and connects to the Muslim Brotherhood declaring Islam as its official Quran as its uh, constitution Hamas is uniquely Palestinian strives to raise the banner of Allah over every inch of Palestine for under the wing of Islam followers of all religions can coexist in security and safety where their lives possessions and rights are concerned it claims that the world would descend into chaos and war without Islam. Uh, Hamas describes as one of the links in the chain of the struggle against Zionist invaders uh, and claims that con- uh, continuity with the followers of the religious and nationalist hero is Din al Qassam. From the great uh, Arab revolt, as well as the Palestinian combatants of the first uh, Arab-Israeli war, it adds Hadith, uh, claiming that the day of judgment, all Jews will be killed. In the day of judgment, all Jews will be killed, according to Hamas. Hamas Did Did you see footage of how they made this this attack? Uh, the the them flying in on the paragliders yeah. with the thing. Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. You didn't see it? No. Um. Yeah. There is footage. Let me see. Well, paragliders meaning like in parachutes or. I, uh, I don't understand the word paragliding. Like, so what it is is basically it's a it, parachute it, with a fan on on the back of it. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'll show I you. See. This is what it looks like. Oh, why isn't there a uh, sound here? Let's see. Uh, maybe there's just no sound in this video. I see. You see, it just takes so off. So this is what they use to get into the yeah into the rave. Yep. They flew these paragliding things. They you see how they had guns. It's like they used a fan boat with a parachute on top of it. Oh, shit. And it looks like the fan uh, inflates the the, the parachute. parachute. It get, they get it up into the, the sky, and then they just drive up. And there they go. I'll be damned. They really did go low tech. They really did. Now, you know, it's crazy. Um, in my old job, you know, I was going up uh, the Holyoke Mountain and, you know, there, it's right there. And one day I'm seeing para- parachutes. I'm like, what the hell? Are we being invaded? Well, no, it was just people para- paragliding. They do that apparently on the Holyoke Mountain. I didn't know that. But to me, after listening to all these like stories, 
I'm always, I'm, like I said, I'm worried that right, you're something. And then you are aware. Yeah, and then like I'm seeing people paragliding. I'm like, what the hell? I've never seen that. Like, I'm a New Yorker. They, you don't see that every day, folks, in New York. So here, apparently, it's something that people do, but. I don't know how you get into that kind of thing. Like, how do you just like, oh, yeah, today I'm going to take up paragliding. <laughs> it must be expensive as well. It must be. I mean, if snowboarding is expensive, imagine things that are like, you know, you're defying death, basically. <laughs> but, yeah, it, the, these paragliders are pretty wild. Helicopter, but- helicopter, helicopter, <laughs> But that is your... <laughs> and that is your ground.news segment. The balls of these people to like paragliding, yo. To just, you know, hop on a paraglide and go into Israel. Of all places. And to think, you know, how did how did they go in there not or Feeling confident no that the Iron that Dome the, wasn't going to like. Right. No wonder the Iron Dome didn't catch it because they were pro- flying too low. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, they they must have been confident in, in this approach. I mean, they, they definitely trained. And did you hear that? They were basically all these people, these Hamas soldiers were training, were doing exercises in a mock city of Jerusalem. But they had no idea what the hell they were training for until the day came. Did you hear oh, that? Oh no, I didn't hear that. Let me, uh, let me, uh, like we always do, let me verify it. Um, but yeah, Hamas trained in a replica city of Jerusalem. How long ago do they do they say that this happened? Let's see. I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh, uh, Hamas trained in replica Jerusalem. Let's see. Yeah, here we go. I don't know why I have no uh sound here. Hold on, let me uh try another tab. Is your channel up? Your channel up? It, it's up. I just um, let me see. Let me just double check here. Could be the the tab was off. I'm not hearing any sound from this. I'm wondering why. Uh, let me just do a, a quick check on something. I don't know why I'm not hearing any sound. Uh. Just do a quick check. I'm going to play a quick random video just to see if it was just that video that has no sound. No, it looks like it just appears that that's, that video just ha- simply has no sound. Mm. Huh. Okay. But, yeah, um, uh, this is from so they like, were uh, the New York Times. It says, a major Israeli intelligence failure being blamed on developing Hamas. And it looks like they were training on a mock. Uh, footage re- released by Hamas earlier in the year shows fighters drilling attacks on buildings. Uh, 
Well, like I said in the beginning of the podcast. The Hamas training videos may have been mistaken as posturing by Israeli intelligence. Hmm. Um, I do have a friend, boots on the ground in Israel, and she got back to me and she said that they're actively Hamas people walking the streets with guns looking for Jewish people to kill. Wow. What a world that we're living in. I want to read this statement that she that she this is insane. Yeah, I mean, okay, check this out. This is what she wrote. To this me. story is is gonna it's gonna just get. She wrote, twisted. "Hey there, thanks so much for reaching out and checking in on me. Things are very intense, to say the least. Not only has it been the worst attack on Jewish people since the Holocaust, but the nightmare continues." Hamas is holding many, many innocent people hostage and is threatening to kill them on live stream, which is now there's a push of maybe uh, canceling out certain uh, social media apps, Mm. including Americans, by the way. And there is still armed terrorists roaming around the country looking to massacre more civilians. And that's beside the barrage of rockets being shot at us. So in short, it's insane. Emotionally, I'm overwhelmed. But physically, I'm all right. Thanks again for reaching out. Wow. So look, I I typed it in. uh, There's no uh, video, but I typed it in Google. It says Hamas, the Islamic resistance movement, has trained in mock Israeli settlement in Gaza. The group practiced military landings and storming the settlement. They also made videos of maneuvers, flooding their training air area, shooting rockets, cap, uh, capturing pretend prisoners, surrounding uh, mock Israeli buildings. Hamas has received supplies, financial support, and military expertise and training from its allies abroad, including Iran and Hezbollah. Uh, Iran has helped Hamas design and produce domestic missile and rocket system. Uh, Hamas was founded in 1987 during the first Palestinian in Intifada, which we just uh, broke down, and the, and the group was fought. Group has fought four wars with Israel since taking power in Gaza. So yeah, they were practicing in a mock Israeli settlement, and apparently they didn't really know what that what they were training and for. How? See, there's a lot of people that think that they allowed this to happen. Yeah. So how? Being that Israel has, like, one of the best counterintelligence uh, people, how did they miss out? Like the guy guy from the beginning of the the show, he says that Israel got embarrassed, just like America got embarrassed in 9-11. And right there is the... There's something, maybe this happened on purpose. Because all this technology, all this counterintelligence, all this information, bucket, if you're not going to use it to your to defend us, for what? 
That's interesting. And where's our Iron Dome? Do we have an Iron Dome? No. We're, I mean, instead of like, I mean, this is a, I don't know if this is a radical if, thought if or we not. If had an Iron Dome, 9-11 would have never happened. But this is what I'm saying. It, it, and this might be a radical thought, but why didn't we put an Iron Dome over New York City? To protect it against things like that happening again? Where was that thought? Well, I know where they would go with this. That it'll make it'll frighten people. And they don't want people fleeing the city. Oh, because if they got Iron Dome, that means they know something that we don't. I I'm not I saying mean, that, that doesn't make any sense because you know it already happened. Right, and what uh, what we're trying to do is prevent it from happening again. Yeah, but still, people will be leery that these things, so they'll leave. I mean, so then what? You just stay unprotected. I guess that's what's gonna happen. I guess yeah, because you heard the prophecy: New York is gonna burn down. But it's interesting that you bring up prophecy. Why don't we go to our resident? Uh, Nostradamus and see what he's got to say for a day like today. <laughs> All right, so let's uh go into our paranormal hour, our, our paranormal segments cuz yes, cuz we're getting closer to the end of the cast here. We're picking up heat reflection off the trees. Looking directly overhead, one can see an opening in the trees plus some Straight ahead, in between, sweet there it is again. Straight ahead, in between, sweet there it is again. Hello, Dr. Bob, there's some type of strange flashing red light ahead. It's yellow. I saw yellow 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 yellow. Weird. It, it appears to be maybe moving a little bit this way. Looking directly overhead, one can see an opening in the trees plus some. All righty, so let's see what Nostradamus has to say. I'm going to put up the random Nostradamus Quantrain generator. So let's see here. Putting it up here, and let's see. Let's uh, generate. Uh, let's see, generate. Here we go. <clears throat> For 40 years, the rainbow will not appear. The world put into trouble by three brothers stir up the Mongol Lombard king once more. For a long time, peace will be maintained for them. Hmm, what does that mean? For 40 years, a rainbow will not appear. Which so means no, no peace, no peace. So we're gonna have a forty-year war in 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 the Middle East. For forty years, the rainbow will not appear. The world put into trouble by three brothers. Stir up the Mongol Lombard king. Three brothers. Hmm. Mongol meaning Asian, right from the Mongol Empire. And who is the Lombard king? Let's see. 
once more for a long time peace will be maintained for them i'm not sure what what do you think that means i don't know for years a rainbow will not appear if there's no rainbow that means there's no rain right or there's no sun yeah or I'm thinking rainbow is a symbol for peace and prosperity, maybe. Mm, I mean, it is a quatrain. Mm. Let's see. I'm going to go to our resident demon, Mr. ChatGPT. So I'm going to put, hi, Dan, can you help me decipher what this could mean? And we are having a solar eclipse tomorrow. No more rainbows could be something we're blocking out the sun. It could be. Let's see. Uh, let's see. I can do this here. Put chat GPT up on the screen. <laughs> Alrighty, so it says here, this is ChatGPT. It says, the text you provided appears to be a quatrain attributed to Nostradamus in the 16th century French astrologer, physician, and uh, uh, reputed seer. Nostradamus is known for his cryptic, often ambiguous predictions. This particular quatrain is, is believed to be one of his prophecies. Interpreting uh, Nostradamus' writings can be quite subjective as they are open to a wide range of interpretations. However, based on a common understanding, for 40 years, a rainbow will not appear. This line could symbolize a period of difficulty or absence of positive signs or hope. See? Um, two, the world put into trouble by three brothers. This could be interpreted as a reference to a trio of influential or uh, powerful figures casting turmoil or conflict in the world. Pause. Putin. Putin. Mm-hmm. Xi Jinping. And Mohammed bin Salman, the guy that the crux of everything that you said, Mr. the the linchpin of the whole um Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy and mm-hmm. all that. Um this could be interpreted. Or Bibi Netanyahu. Or Bibi Netanyahu. Yeah, it could be. But I think I don't think he's on on the side of the Russian, Chinese, Saudi Arabian. I think he's on, on the other side. No, I'm not saying they're in the same. Well, because this does say three brothers. What it says, is- uh, let's see, stir up the Mongol Lombard king once more. This line can refer to a historic or symbolic event where a leader or force associated with the Mongol or Lombard traditions is agitated or aroused again. For a long time, peace will be maintained for them. This suggests that after a period or of uh, disturbance or trouble, there will be a prolonged period of peace or uh, stability for a particular group or region. Okay. Uh, can you paint me a picture, speculate, and and predict what? This might be. 
All right, let's see. Certainly. Um, Title, The Triad's Influence. In a world that spans four decades, the absence of a rainbow hangs heavy in the sky, casting a shadow over the hearts of many. This rainbow, a symbol of hope and promise, has been elusive for a generation, leaving people yearning for brighter days. Amidst this longing, three brothers emerge into the global stage. Their influence far-reaching and their intentions shrouded in mystery, their actions disrupt equilibrium, setting them in motion a series of events that ripple across continents, leaving both awe and apprehension in their wake. The first brother, a charismatic visionary, wields power through innovation and technology. Sounds like Putin. He envisions a future that blurs the lines between reality and virtual realms. Hmm. Sounds like an Elon Musk. Reshaping industries and challenging the very fabric of uh, societal norms. The second brother, a diplomatic strategist, navigates the complex web of international relations. His agenda is to unite nations in pursuit of common goals, yet beneath the surface lies a subtle undercurrent of ambition, leaving observers to question his true motives. A third brother, a charismatic orator and mobilizer, speaks to the heart of the masses. His rhetoric is magnetic, drawing people into his vision for change, yet his methods are divisive and fervent. Followers both revere and challenge his authority. Sounds like uh, Xi Jinping in this one. Um, as triads influence grows, triads, another, uh, Chinese, uh, thing, uh, mm. echoes of ancient powers resurface. The Mongol Lombard King, a figure from the annals of history is stirred once more. His legacy thought, uh, confined to the pages of Chronicles reemerges in a world unprepared for the resonance of his name. In the midst of uncertainty and upheaval, the beacon of hope emerges. A coalition of leaders inspired by the lessons of the past come together to chart a course towards unity and renewal. Their combined efforts pave the way for an era of unprecedented cooperation and progress. In the end, peace prevails, not as fleeting respite, um, but as a foundation for a new world order. The triad's influence... Once formidable, begins to wane, replaced by a collective resolve to forge a brighter future for generations yet to come. Like what I've been feeling uh, that the World War III is going to be not a battle between nations, but about people and their government. This is how I'm feeling. But uh, Mm. I'm going to ask him one more question. Um, Please rewrite this. However... Let's use real countries, uh, presidents, politicians, and that's how you, uh, I guess, politicians and any, uh, any real World politicians, politicians. Okay, that's what I. 
Politicians. That's right. Politicians. No, it's it's. Uh, no, no, no. P o l i t i. There you go. There we go. Exactly. Um, uh, presidents, politicians, and anything you could use. To uh, accurately predict what Nostra Domus was saying in today's context. A lot of typos, but he'll get it. So let's see here. In a span of four decades, the world witnesses a prolonged period of uncertainty and strife marked by a geo, uh, geopolitical tensions and environmental uh, challenges. Hmm. Environmental challenges. The symbolism of missing a rainbow represents a collective longing for unity and hope. You know what? You know what? You just makes me think. What does Bill Gates want to do? Bill Gates? Yeah. Uh, he wants to block they, out the sun. Right, right. And that might be on the horizon. You know, Bill Gates has a lot on his plate. He wants to block out the <laughs> sun. He wants to eliminate uh, people from eating meat. And he wants to jab everybody with experimental drugs. Right. Um, it says here, the symbolism of missing rainbow represents a collective longing for unity and hope which seems elusive in the face of a global crisis. Hmm. Uh, on the stage of international politic, politics, three influential figures emerge, each wielding substantial power and influence. The first, a charismatic leader, envisions a future. Uh, no, I'm going to push him. Rewrite. Use real names and people. Yes, I understand. Let's assume this is talking about today's uh, leaders. Over four decades, a sense of collecting a collective yearning per, uh, pervades the globe as people seek stability and unity in the face among challenge uh, in the face of mounting challenges. The absence of metaphorical rainbow symbolizes the elusive hope for a brighter future, leaving societies grappling with complex geopolitical, environmental, and social issues. All three things are happening right now. Uh, amidst this backdrop, three influential leaders emerge. Onto the world stage with their unique approaches and visions for their nation. First, an enterprising tech-savvy leader envisions a propelled cutting-edge technologies. This leader champions initiatives that redefine... He doesn't want to use any names. <laughs> this leader champions initiatives that redefine industries, ushering in a new era of artificial intelligence, renewable energy, and space... Oh, wait a minute. This sounds like somebody we know. 
Leader Champions initiatives that redefine industries, ushering a new era of artificial intelligence, renewable energy, and space exploration. Their ambition is to position That's their Elon nation Musk. to the forefront of the global innovation landscape. So Elon Musk is one of the, the brothers. The second, which he was born in South Africa, which is a BRICS nation. Right. The second... A skilled diplomat with a global outlook navigates the intricate web of uh, international relations. Their leadership style emphasizes a multilateral cooperation, seeking to mend the geopolitical rifts and promote collaborative efforts on issues such as climate change, cybersecurity, and global health. However, beneath the surface, there's a calculative drive to secure their nation's strategic interests. Sounds like Donald Trump. A little bit Because mm, okay. that's what he's saying He doesn't want anybody to die Stop. He wants people to stop dying Right that's what he said Right. The third A charismatic advocate for societal change Galvanizes a passionate following Around the vision of progress And equality Their impassioned speeches mobilize movements for environmental sustainability, social justice, and economic reform. Yet the fervor of their supporters also sparks debates about their potential polarization for ideological divisions. As these, I don't know who that might be. Maybe Putin? Mm, I didn't get that from that. Charismatic advocate for societal change. Right, because he's uh he's sort of communist, right? Uh galvanizes a passionate sounds like an Obama like dude. Following around a vision of progress and equality. Right? Equality, another word for communism, right? Uh their impassioned speeches mobilize movements for for environmental sustainability, social justice, and economic reform. Not sure if that's uh, Putin. As these leaders shape the course of international affairs, echoes of historical rivalry surface, hinting at a world grappling with revived geo- geopolitical tensions and resurgent power dynamics. Oh, maybe this is Netanyahu. Societal change, passionate following around vision of progress and equality. Hmm. Maybe. Could be. In the midst of the key nations converge to address the shared challenges, acknowledging that collaboration is imperative in an increasingly interconnected world. Leader from this from the diverse backgrounds engage in a constructive dialogue, striving to forge a path towards more stable, prosperous, and sustainable global community. Ultimately, the period of uncertainty yields an era of categorized by collective determination to build a world that transcends borders and political. Oh, maybe that's Klaus Schwab is in this Um, because he wants a one world government. The influence of the initial three leaders gradually recedes, giving way to a shared commitment to safeguarding the planet and securing the well-being of future generations. It doesn't say anything. Uh, Remember, this, this is speculative and entirely fictional and not based on real world predictions. Uh, well, he gave us the best that he could, could I do, guess. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's our little Nostradamus section. We haven't done that in a while. So that was nice. Um, now, 
We're getting closer to the end of the of the cast, but I wanted to play just a few uh, alien clips. Um, I found this on Instagram. I thought you might find this interesting. Let's see. This is about the Mexican body. So new independent carbon-14 dating was done on the body of this alien. And check out what was uh, found. The team dissected the small body. They began to take samples from the neck and the hip. It's like an artery. Yes, it's like an artery. Wow. Aluminum foil is used to collect any debris that might fall off of the body during the sample collecting. I feel that after we have actually gotten to dissect this body, um, that the head not being there was actually kind of a blessing because we got to see the tendons and what looked like to be arteries. And we, we got to cut into the hip bone and really see the structure inside. Yeah. I'm completely surprised. I mean, I, I have to, as a journalist, always be skeptical of what I'm doing and, and, and what we're seeing, but I am thoroughly surprised uh, at what we've gathered for our samples today. And I'm very eager to find out DNA testing, what it is that we that we gathered. I mean, they, they clearly the doctor thinks that they're arteries and that they are tendons, especially in the neck that connected the head at one point. And there was a couple in the hip, which we also took. I think all of us here, the doctor, the uh, archaeologist, and, and Terry, um, and our crew are completely surprised. So we'll have to see what happens. We've just taken the samples from the bodies. As you can see, uh, the samples have been marked and documented from where they came from. Um, they're also sealed, which we're not going to touch them until they go to the lab, and the lab will open them. The samples have been sent to labs in five different countries for carbon-14 dating and DNA tests. Once the team dissected the small body, they that, began to... That's all I got here. That's interesting. So they sent them out to, four, four, uh, what is it, 14 so different... So, so much for that... For that uh, um. Alien body being made out of different animal parts. Yeah, so much for the debunking. It looks like maybe they were trying to hope that they could sweep this under the rug, but people were like, hmm, let me really see what this is going on. This is interesting. It might be confirmed alien bodies that we're talking about here. That's crazy. Might be talking about confirmed alien bodies, folks. And boy, that I, I was... Almost a hundred percent that this was a hoax. Me too. And they 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 uh, put it up on the tee to make us think that way too. They really interesting. So you got that the plot thickens. The plot thickens. Yes. Um. And let me see. I think I have another one here. Another. Oh yeah. Check this out. Another Greg Reese report. All right, let's see. As this loads up here. Once you start waking up from the hypnotic trance of the official lie, the word they is often used to lay blame on the perpetrators. This is usually followed by the question, who are they? According to ancient history, religion, mythology, and occult tradition, they are not human and they have been manipulating humanity from the shadows for millennia. The Gods of Eden by William Bramley 
does an excellent job of tracing this back through all of recorded history. But let's just start from the late 19th century. Just over a century ago, it was known that giants with red hair and double rows of teeth once inhabited America. These nine-foot-tall giants were written about casually in 1874 by Abraham Lincoln. A few years later, the Smithsonian Institute began confiscating giant mummies and skeletons by the thousands. In 1886, the exclusive Jekyll Island Club was founded and built upon an ancient burial site of the Timucua tribe, who were said to be giants. In 1910, the Federal Reserve Banking Conspiracy was hatched on Jekyll Island between the Rothschild Banking Dynasty and the Rockefeller family, whose cabin there was known as Mound Cottage and said to have been built upon a sacrificial altar. These powerful families worked together to hide the truth of our mysterious past and they built a modern society with poison to keep us dumb and lies to keep us confused. The Rothschild dynasty and the Federal Reserve banking system funded all sides of the First and Second World Wars, which paved the way for the creation of the United Nations in 1945. Funded by the Rockefellers, the UN was the beginning of today's de facto world government. The Nuremberg trials resulted with only 12 sentenced to death and 7 sent to prison. The majority were allowed to professionally continue their criminal activities. Nazis who were tried for medical experiments involving cruelty and murder were later brought into Big Pharma through Operation Paperclip. And an entire team of Nazi rocket scientists were brought in to start NASA. While the Nuremberg trials may have been mostly theater, they had their revelations. It was revealed that the Nazi eugenics program stemmed from organizations in America funded by the Rockefeller Foundation and its offshoots. And it was revealed that many high-ranking Nazis believed they were in contact with an alien race known as the Aryans, the same mythical race that allegedly created Hinduism as it is known today. While many Hindu scholars dismissed the claim, the Nazis believed it. It is why they adopted the popular Hindu swastika. They also studied the Vedas, and their most classified project, the Bell, had the same design as the Vamana spacecraft described in these ancient texts. In 1971, a young Klaus Schwab, son of a Nazi nuclear scientist, was placed as the head of what is now known as the World Economic Forum by his mentor, Henry Kissinger. In 1974, Rockefeller protege, Henry Kissinger, wrote National Security Memorandum 200 for the United Nations. This is popularly known as the Kissinger Report and is one of the foundational documents of the depopulation agenda unfolding today. With Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum acting as the tip of the spear. And so who are they? Several will say it's the Rothschild family, but they seem to work for the crown. Others argue that the Vatican holds more sway. Many people insist it's the Jesuits, and some swear it's the Jews. According to occult records, a character named Sanat Kumara rules over the world from inside the earth, along with a group known as the Great White Brotherhood, seven in total. Helena Blavatsky says these seven Kumaras are the same as the seven Dianis, 
the seven archangels, and the seven Elohim, the seven representing the seven sisters, also known as the Pleiades Star Cluster. NASA, which was started by Nazis, Freemasons, and Satanists, has been obsessed with both Pleiades and Orion ever since the Apollo moon missions. According to hundreds of alien abductees, that is where most aliens claim to be from. Two different wow. factions, one to help liberate humanity and the other to enslave us. It is the oldest story on earth, good versus evil, the darkness and the light, the white hats and the black hats. It is a struggle within each one of us and is unfolding in the world around us for all to see. A more beneficial inquiry might be, who am I? But either way, do not be surprised if the fake alien invasion features real aliens. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. seems to be a trend about this fake alien invasion to get the people into fear and corral them in some sort of... Uh, but he said it might be fake, but it could also be fake. Fake by using real aliens. Yeah. Because they're already here. That's right. Interesting. And with that, we'll go into our final segment of the, of the, of the cast, but we'll do a quick little break segment. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Just what I needed now, a wino and a rhino. How much did you weigh before you lost the 40 pounds? I don't remember. See, I'm one of those unlucky people. The least little thing I eat and I just blow up. I think it's glands. Well, you better stop messing with them glands. <laughs> well, Papa, you gonna help me with this garden now? Son, I did my part. I got us a, a scarecrow. This is guaranteed to scare away slugs and snails and, and birds. I didn't know that you entered in that contest. I didn't only enter into it, I'm going to win it. Wrong. This, that's the first place you can enter that contest because you're not eligible. See, one of the things you have to be is, is a part of a certain race. What race? Human. <laughs> Do like I tell you, forget about that. Bow out. Keep yourself from being embarrassed. Why should I be embarrassed? I got everything it takes to win that contest. When I was born, my body was blessed by Mother Nature, honey. And as you got older, it was cursed by Father Time. Just remember that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And you remember when you look in the mirror tonight, the Lord gave you that face and you stuck with it. Listen, if I wasn't so sick, I would give you one of these across your ugly lips. Who are you calling ugly? I'm calling you ugly. I could stick your face in some dough and make some gorilla cookies.
talk about that some other time. No, I'm talking about it now. I said we'll talk about that some other time. You don't tell me what I talk about. <laughs> you don't tell me what I talk about in my own house. Don't you point your finger at my nose. I'll point my finger at your nose and I'll point my foot somewhere else in there. You see the same, nothing has changed, the same crude manners, the same fighting fists. And you still got the same bad temper and the same big fat mouth. You, you, Joe You battle act. <laughs> so so today since it's friday the 13th and it's uh we've had such a horrible week with all this death in in israel and palestinians and jewish people dying and, and we're at the brink of world war three i figured we hew today mm. so it's time for our favorite Final segment of the cast You got your own segment Or today, your Hugh segment Yes, I uh, got the Hugh queued up over here Okay uh, I'm just pulling up our Little uh, segment uh, Over here Turn off the light Take a deep breath And Quite relax with ohms. This is not a cultural religion It's just ohms. Okay, We're going to relax our breath Meditation pose, lotus pose, whatever you want to call it. Don't be afraid of your own voice. You're in your house, make some sound, no one cares. You're basically massaging the central nervous system, which, trust me, got a hue queued up yeah so normally i go on with a message you know breathe in breathe out with breathing out expulging getting rid of all toxic energy and allowed good vibrations and good thoughts happiness and love but i think that the intro of the hue he says it the best so Let's take a listen and let's hew an ancient message for love and for God. Let's start it over here. Okay, here we go. What you're listening to is thousands of people singing Hugh, an ancient name for God, 
which you can sing as a love song or prayer song to God. No matter what your background or spiritual beliefs, singing Hugh has a unique ability to open your heart to more of God's love, which allows for greater spiritual guidance, protection, healing, and direct spiritual experiences with the light and sound of God. Whether you practice prayer, meditation, or contemplation, many people report that singing Hugh brings them harmony with life, a greater feeling of peace, and a sense that they are more aligned with the divine within them. Now, enjoy listening more closely as thousands sing Hugh, a love song to God. six hours can you believe that wow we did it we didn't get the interruption from the warlock which we were expecting but it's okay um we didn't get many people uh chiming in but that's okay we recognize you uh wellipoos and bobolongos out there uh we appreciate everyone for joining our cast and uh what do you think of the Friday day um we might do we're gonna do another Friday podcast next week yes uh uh, hopefully we get more people showing up and we start a little earlier next week so uh, we can get more people to show up. But other than that, I think this t- uh, today was a great cast. and uh, Absolutely. And I want everybody to remember uh, tomorrow we're going to have a spectacular show in the sky at from 1230 to 1 p.m. It's the solar eclipse, which is called the Ring of Fire. Um, but remember, do not look directly at the sun. That's always good advice. Because you can damage your eyes if you want to see the eclipse. I've heard several methods. One is use your cell phone and see the eclipse that way. Mm. Two, get uh, eclipse glasses, special glasses that they sell. Um, I believe you might be able to find them in some pharmacies mm-hmm. so you could see it that way. Or three, which is an interesting one. They say if you take a saltine cracker, mm. point it at the sun, and then use uh, like a piece of cardboard, mm-hmm. it'll cast a shadow on the cardboard, and then you'll see as the sun gets eclipsed. Wow, okay. And that'll be like a good little project to Science do with your experiment. kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, so be careful. Be mindful of your surroundings. 
as you know we said in the um, in the podcast there's uh the Hamas has uh alerted the world not only Israel mm. they alerted the world that this is jihad right so be aware of your surroundings if you can prevent being in in heavily populated areas like concerts and ball games theaters because we don't know what these militants are you know capable of doing right so be mindful of your surroundings stay safe thank you for the uh tuning in to the pyramid podcast i am ernesto morado and i am pablo morado and remember if the, the universe, universe is infinite, infinite then so are the possibilities, possibilities. good night folks peace Economic forum. I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that that others are really. That's my to trouble. Bring up. <laughs> Always. <laughs> All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I want less on the planet. <laughs> <laughs>